warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 325. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats, ho! Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian, I'm a fucking leftover. Jake's not here again. Yeah, so, uh, that's happening. Jake, uh is uh is working he's gotta he's gotta work he has promised me though that he is coming back next week but uh in the interim i do have a couple of people uh to fill the space so i want to welcome joe stark from Starkcast and my co-host on number one comic books welcome joe stark hey happy to be here oh christ i'm glad you are i <laughs> <laughs> I was real. I was like, well, I better come in hot here. There's a fucking thing, man. I was, you know, and you guys know this. I was like ten minutes late, and now we're like fucking like literally a, like an hour late because I've been a little bitch before the recording. Started feeling like not so hot right before, like literally half an hour before we started recording. We got another guest, Neil Tholander. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, good to talk to you guys. Yeah, you like how I uh, you like the transition, how I just brought you in. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, now I'm going to talk about uh, it's not coronavirus. I was freaking out too. I started not feeling so well, and I was like, uh, I was like, oh fuck! I started feeling like shit like 30 minutes before we started recording. So I'm like looking up symptoms on the coronavirus, and I'm like, okay, this ain't corona. It's, it's something. It's something. But it ain't Corona. So I ain't got the coronavirus. Anyway, had a, uh, a coronavirus. How's it affecting you, Neil? I know it's, uh, it's affecting me. How's it affecting you? Well, my job, uh, depends on gatherings of more than 10 people. So I have no job. Uh, um, <laughs> so it's definitely been the big, had a big effect on my life. Yeah. Um, and my birthday was on Tuesday too. So that was weird, not having a party on St. Patrick's Day to go to. 
um, although I do want to shout out to June Choi for being an awesome human and really um, cheering me up. And she sent me a birthday present, and it was very, very sweet. And thank you, June. That's awesome. Thank you, June. Very cool. I love it. Yeah, Army members supporting each other. That's fucking awesome. And we need that support in this time of this fucking coronavirus. And No uh, kidding. So I, just a quick reminder to everybody, there is a uh, Facebook uh, group for uh, fans of the podcast that, you know, just want to get together and maybe talk. Uh, during this time, this downtime, you can just search The Leftover Army on Facebook and join the group. Answer the questions. Don't be a cunt. I mean, they ask questions. We <laughs> there just, you go. Yeah, we just want to make sure that <laughs> the admins would appreciate they, that. They would appreciate it. You know, uh, there's questions that they ask. Don't be a smart ass. I know I'm a smart ass. Don't take after me. You know, don't do as, <laughs> don't do as I do, but just answer the questions. You'll get in the group and you'll be able to talk some, some, uh, like-minded fans and, and, uh, you know, people, uh, that are on the podcast are usually on that page, so you can talk to them as well. Uh, and also, we have a PCL Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, fucking Google that shit. Don't fucking ask me. Just Google it. You got fucking access. <laughs> Just Google it. Jesus Christ, everybody. It's like, I, what, what Discord? Let's Google, you stupid fuck. Um, <laughs> Google it. Download the app on your phone, and then you can join the PCL Discord. Yeah, I'm being a smartass. I'm just having fun. I, I, I mean, people get angry with that. Like, oh, God, this guy, this guy. No, just uh, download the Discord app, and then you can get on there. And there's tons of people there. I think we got like maybe fifty to sixty people on there now, which is fantastic. And so uh, get on there, and uh, I'll uh, post the link, the invite the discord in the show notes just click on those show notes um so yeah neil i know you're on lockdown yeah all of california is um except for essential businesses yeah so yeah i'm not supposed to go anywhere or do anything we are on lockdown as of two hours ago so yeah the whole state our uh, governor oh wow had a press conference uh, yesterday at three o'clock. We're on lockdown till at least April seventh. So yeah, that's uh, never seen anything like this ever, ever. How th- how are things over there in Iowa, Joe? I don't know what the official status on lockdown is right now, but a lot of um, you know, like all the bars and restaurants are down to just carry out only. Um, I work in. Um, I'm trying to think. (laughs) I don't want to flat out say what I do. Uh, Let's just say that the industry that I work in um, is still going just fine. And so I've been having to go into work every day. Um, I myself am actually in the high risk category since I have asthma and I'm also overweight. So I've been, you know, somewhat worried about this and doing everything I can to keep myself from getting it. So I've been going through a lot of hand sanitizer, luckily. Uh, the place where I work has been really good about providing lots of that for people and um, just trying to kick that habit of just, you know, licking doorknobs and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I hear you. <laughs> the hard one to kick. <laughs> Did you remember that old bit from the soup a long time ago? I think he was making fun of Andy Rooney. He was like, I've never licked the holes in a bowling ball, but I'd imagine they're salty. have you watched the new soup since it came back no i don't have cable so Ah. um i mean once it's available to stream somewhere if anywhere i i'll check it out but man i've 
I'm I'm in kind of in the same camp that you are. It's like yeah. I miss Joel. You know, I miss like Joel. that was that was when I really fell in love with that show was yeah. part of that magic was him as the host. But. Yeah. I mean I used to watch it the old John Henson episodes. But uh, when Joel took over, it was just, I mean, he made the fucking show. I don't know. This, the, the new host, she's fine. It's, it's, and I watch it for the clips. It's just she's not Joel. And so uh-huh. it, 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 it's a bitter, leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. Fuck. Coronavirus affecting everyone. I heard that uh, <laughs> Louis C.K. is having to jerk off with women at least six feet away from him now. So it's like... <laughs> It's, it's it's tough for everybody out there, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just doesn't have the same thrill when it's over Skype. I know. He, he's like, oh, we gotta be social distancing. Gotta stay away. <laughs> gotta stay away. So yeah, I don't know. And this whole toilet paper bullshit. Yeah, I'm I'm fine oh, right yeah. now. But if it keeps going the way it does, I'm not gonna have. Well, I, I do have the the flushable baby wipes that I can go through if I have to. But I don't want like I I like to use those as a finisher. You know what I mean? Like when I, you know, that's like a Mortal Kombat move. Finish him. You know? I like to use that. You know what I mean? I like to get in there with a, with a good wipe. I know this is from Deadpool 2. Fuck off. But it's, honestly, I like to get in there from, uh, I like to get in there with a good wipe of the actual toilet paper and then finish the flushable baby wipes. I don't want to have to start yeah. using those as like regular TP on the reg. So that's <laughs> They're a part of the process. They're not the process. Yeah. Exactly. It's part of the process. Oh, I bet people with bidets are feeling pretty fucking smug about now. Oh, I bet they fucking are. I bet they fucking are. They lo- they're loving their bidet. I- I'm thinking like if things like people are like ah, you know, everything will get back to normal. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's the end of civilization, and that we're gonna like after this is over, we're gonna live in some kind of like Mad Max post-apocalyptic world where it's like prison rules but instead of people like trading for like cigarettes and ramen it's going to be fucking toilet paper that's going to be like <laughs> the new currency in america is toilet paper have you found your shoulder pads that you're going to wear yet uh they're, they're going to be made out of toilet paper and i'll tell you <laughs> shoulder pads combat boots and a banana hammock fucking a. ready for the apocalypse oh my god well i i i'm hoping at the end of this thing like you know i can i can come across a bunch of toilet paper and be kind of like uh I don't know, kind of like the the Breaking Bad guy, you know, the Walter White of toilet paper in the future. I I, kind of, I see myself in this Mad Max apocalyptic world, like sitting on a throne of toilet paper, kind of like remember Danny McBride at the end of uh, yeah. This is the end. This is the end. Yeah, and, and I'm just, on a leash. Yes, I'm gonna have like Channing Tatum on a leash, like chained up like a leather sex gimp or something, on <laughs> and me on a throne of toilet paper. It's just like the god of the of the of the new uh, of the new world that we've created after Corona. <laughs> Homemade toilet paper, like made from like wheat and grass, is going to be the next big thing. Oh, like god. you know how they do candles and soaps and stuff now. I was telling I was telling everybody in that Facebook Messenger group that we have for C two E two that's still going because of the goddamn coronavirus. We're all fucking like it's still going. I was telling everybody, we need to have CBD oil toilet paper, CBD infused toilet paper. Where you can like, I, you know, like every CBD is like the big thing. Now you can rub your booty hole with fucking CBD. <laughs> the healing effects of CBD on your butthole. <laughs> I had a dream. I had a dream. The, oh, go ahead, Neil. I was just say you got to recover from the bleaching, right? Ah, oh, pink butthole boys <laughs> for life. It's a callback. You know, 
I had a dream, had a nightmare. I want to call it a nightmare about the old uh, coronavirus. And it was uh, it was weird because it's almost like a Michael Cannon mashup. And it was not the coronavirus. It was the Corolla virus. And <laughs> cars were just turning into Toyota Corollas. <laughs> I, fucking, I thought you were going to go with Adam Corolla. No, no. Much better. No, no. It, it's not Adam Corolla. The fucking Toyota Corolla. I seriously, I watched a fucking guy waxing his Porsche and a guy sneezed on it and it turned into a fucking Toyota Corolla. <laughs> And I was like, any fucking day now, my fucking car is going to be a Toyota Corolla. And they said, what's weird is they said old people were not affected because most of them already had a Toyota Corolla. So it's like the opposite of the coronavirus where old people are dropping like flies. Instead, they're they're fine. They're living in this Corolla world. It's totally fine to them. <laughs> I've been tripping on the fact that now that people can't do the just the normal greeting of shaking hands, like what are the different things that are coming back into vogue for like long distance? Like are we seeing lots of like the pointing and the finger guns and <laughs> a lot of the nod, the wink? Oh man, salute! <laughs> I, I, Tinder dates have to be really interesting right now, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that scene in Naked Gun where they got the body length condoms. <laughs> oh god, that was great. <laughs> or Demolition Man where they're using like the virtual reality fucking Sandra Bullock sex thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, with OTP we got the three seashells we gotta deal with now too, right? That's true. The fucking three seashells. Jesus Christ. Demolition Man, great movie. Great yeah. movie, by the way. Yeah. Oh, uh, coronavirus also affected the movie that I'm going to be in. It's got, it got moved from May 1st, the premiere, to August 1st now. Oh. Yeah. So now I'm going to, so I'm still going. My ticket, nothing happened with my ticket. So I'm still able to go, but I uh, got to wait until August now to uh, see myself bomb on screen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We just shot a short little, uh, like six minute sh- uh, short film, and the guy who, who who directed it, uh, he sent me the link to it. I was watching myself, just like, oh god, I got to stop moving so much on camera. Jesus, I'm used to the stage. I don't know. I don't. I don't... Yeah, it's got to be weird watching yourself. Like it was hard listening to myself at first on this podcast. Now I'm like so fucking used to it. But uh, to see myself on a big screen is going to freak me out a little bit. I might <laughs> totally right. Yeah, I might vomit. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I might vomit. Um, hey, uh, we. I, I'm not going to do any iTunes this week. Uh, I like to save those for when Jake gets back. That doesn't mean that you can't write them. You can still write them. Mm. You're stuck at home. You're on lockdown. Might as well write a piece. <laughs> <laughs> stuck at home. You're stuck at home. You can't do nothing. Oh, that you know that'll help pass five minutes. <laughs> write a fucking PCL iTunes review. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of somebody uh, who uh, 
was uh, extremely bored over this coronavirus and probably stuck at home. We got an email from Alex, and I'm going to read this email from Alex. And the subject is turkey tits. And if you're wondering if that has anything to do with said email, it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Brilliant. And it's kind of like why I love Alex right now. Turkey tits. It, 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 it just grabs your attention. When you see this subject title, when I'm, you know, when I, when I pull up my email on my phone and I'm looking through it, it's turkey tits. I'm like, ah, yeah, go on out here. He goes on to say, hello, leftovers and guests. Uh, as always, you guys have been putting out some great episodes lately. I've been listening through a backlog of older episodes from you guys while being stuck in the back of a, of the lab doing flu and strep testing on every COVID screening patient that comes through. And your podcast is keeping me sane. A few episodes ago, it was mentioned treating, uh, it was mentioned treating millennials as people who were in a coma when it comes to movies from the seventies and eighties. I don't you think that that's how we should you know, think about it. It's one of those things where like, you know, like most like I'm in my 40s, you know, Joe, you're approaching your 40s. Neil, you're getting there, aren't you? Yeah, I just turned 37. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting there. You're getting there. Joe, you're I'm getting, technically a millennial, though. You are a millennial. <laughs> yeah, I think it's what is it? 78, 79. Wait, no, 83 no, yeah. through 94 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cuz I was born in 80, so it's like I I just missed out on that classification. Yeah. Fucking yeah, I'm Gen X bitches. You little- <laughs> <laughs> I'm barely with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, kids, you know, kids now or whatever. I I call them kids, they're like in their 20s and shit. But it's like uh they haven't seen some of these movies that we grew up on and we give them shit. It's like, you gotta understand, like, can you imagine how fucking hard that must be to catch up on fucking, like, you know, a couple decades worth of movies? (laughs) Yeah. They're always playing catch up, you know? Anyway, uh, with theaters in the world in general closing around us, it would be awesome if you guys could put out, uh, your must see recommendations for those of us that have, uh, woken from our coma. Uh, so, yeah, recommendations on, must-see movies uh, that the millennials uh, – he's got something else here to say, but I'll, I'll I'll save that. Do you guys have any like – like yeah, give me like one or two must-sees. Joe. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Nice. Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash and Roadhouse. Yeah, so you got Patrick Swayze on the first one and, and Sam Elliott. And in the second one, you've got fucking uh, Kurt Russell. Sylvester Stallone. Man, back in the day, Tango and Cash, when that came out, that was one of those first movies where they had two big fucking action stars together in the same movie. And I was blown away. Blown the fuck away. Couldn't believe it. You know, I was always begging for back in the day if we could have got... And if it would have happened today, it would have happened. But this was the fucking 80s where they were competing against each other. I wanted Schwarzenegger and Stallone in their fucking primes in a movie. Oh, that would have been amazing. And it's like one of those things, like today that happens. Like look at the Fast and Furious movies. You know, that happens. Right. Look at the Marvel movies. It's, it's all happening. You know, and well, hell, even the Marvel movies, like those people weren't made actors. Like Marvel made them the actors that they are A lot now. of them, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with, uh, you know, I remember, uh, Universal Soldier was another one where it was like yes. fucking Van Damme and, uh, 
Jesus. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. I remember God. seeing that in the theater. Oh, incredible fucking film, by the way, man. It's so creepy, too. <laughs> Being a little kid and seeing fucking make a necklace of ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh. So good. But, uh, Neil, do you have any? A couple? Uh, Goonies, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, Back to the Future, obviously. Back to the Future. Well, yeah, I would hope that they would have seen that. Yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> big one. I, I, you know, I don't know, man. There's a lot of really good movies that came out in the 80s that you could do a deep dive on and just have like an 80s movie marathon night. Yeah, I would say John Carpenter's The Thing. That's a good one. And then I would also say Monster Squad. Yes, Monster Squad's a good one. Man, this almost needs to get broken down by genre. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, like, Real Genius comes to mind. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I love Real Genius. Top Secret's another great uh, Val Kilmer movie. Yeah. Yeah, Real Genius is one of those ones I used to watch over and over again. Oh, me (laughs) too. It was on. He grabs that burger out of it. He's like. He's like, don't you know eating these will give you enormous breasts? My God, I'm too I'm late. I'm too late. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> what a fucking line. Uh, Young Val uh, Kilmer, man. He was fucking killing it. I man. was always... Kilmer was great. I was always, like, fascinated by Laszlo, that character that lived... Yes! Yeah. Lived in the closet. Lived in the closet. I was always fascinated. <laughs> and when I'd see that actor show up in other movies, I'd be like, oh, he was always Laszlo to me. uh oh he goes on to say lastly the baby suit material dear fucking god (laughs) that baby suit joke i laughed so hard i nearly drove off the road (laughs) perhaps i am a bit of a sick fuck though thanks for the great content that comes from alex on an email that was titled turkey tits (laughs) <laughs> so thank you alex all right i'm you know what i'm you know this corona it's one of those things where we've got this coronavirus going on and it's 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 good that we can still do podcasts it's a it's a pandemic but it's not a poddemic Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saving that for a week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys ready to jump into good pop, bad pop? Let's do yeah. it. Let's do this shit. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Uh, did either of you watch the penultimate episode of uh, Curb last week? No. no. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, Christ. Oh, so funny. So good. It was so good. And, like, anyway, he's like, eh, it's, just, it's just the whole episode. But throughout the whole episode, he goes into this car dealership, and they have, like, this uh, kind of, like, um, uh, I want to say... Like, 
very uh, not uh, I don't know how to say it. it's very uh it's like a licorice but it's 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 like really expensive licorice it's like really I don't know like you would buy in a fucking candy store or something like that it's really it's not like your generic Twizzlers like this is like high end fucking licorice that they have just sitting out for people you know like you go into you go into some car dealerships and they got fucking like ah here's popcorn hot dogs for the kids you know it's like you know balloons and shit you know what yeah. I mean this this is like uh high end licorice you know that they're selling dude I was looking at this licorice and I was just like I was having a I, I was I was hankering for some fucking licorice, man. It's fucked up. It's fucked up what this episode did to me. <laughs> Number one, it's a fucking hilarious episode. Number two, it really made me want to eat licorice, <laughs> like good licorice. So, like, I'm looking all over the fucking internet for this licorice that they have in this fucking episode, and I go down this licorice rabbit hole, which is really weird. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> All the licorice out there. So, like, I end up going to, like, this Danish website. (laughs) (laughs) And they've got this strawberry cream licorice. It's got, like, a a white chocolate on the outside with licorice on the inside. And it's, like, these little licorice balls. Dude, I fucking fucking bought them. So I've got... This episode made made me like hungry for fucking licorice, and now I'm getting like I spent like thirty bucks on licorice. <laughs> I'm having some fucking licorice. I'm a Danish licorice sent to my home. There's <laughs> <laughs> some dude of Dane over there, like yeah, it's just going to suck on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sweaty balls. That was funny, sweaty balls. Remember that, that SNL sketch? One. That was good. <laughs> so good. It was classic. Oh, my God. Yeah, I bought fucking Danish licorice balls. Mm. Can't wait mm. to try them. Next week on the show, I might eat them on the show. That'll be something you can listen to <laughs> when you're stuck at home. You can listen to a grown man eat licorice. How's that sound? Uh, worst ASMR ever. <laughs> Uh, oh, dude! You gotta, dude! You gotta listen to this podcast I listen to every week. He's, he's dude is eating Danish licorice. <laughs> Those words will never be spoken. No one's ever gonna. It say was that. flown over the ocean. It was flown over the ocean <laughs> with the whole Corona thing going on. <laughs> How long is that thing going to be stuck in customs? Oh my god! <laughs> ah shit! There, yeah, it's it's got a bunch of little licorice marbles. <laughs> the time it finally delivers, it's weird. It, it comes in like this. Uh, yeah, if you want to know where I got my Danish licorice, just send me an email, Brian at popcultureleftovers dot com. I'll send you a link, and you could buy your own Danish licorice. Let's let's keep this Danish company going. During, this, during, these, during these uncertain times. This is the time to support your small businesses. Yeah. Man. It looked good, man. It was crazy. I was going to all these other sites, and they had all this other licorice and shit, and I was just like, no. No, this is the I – fe- I felt like this Danish licorice was the premier licorice. It just looked like the premier licorice. <laughs> 
What are your thoughts on black licorice? That generally tends to be the controversial color. I'm not a big fan of the black licorice, and it has nothing. That was it has nothing. It's not racist at all. It has nothing to do with that. Not a big. <laughs> it's a taste bud thing. It's, it's a taste thing. Uh, that's what JB Smoove was like eating the black licorice, and him and uh, Dave, uh, him and. Um, uh, Larry David had like a conversation about that and they brought up race and it was pretty funny. So JB Smooth was like, I gotta support the <laughs> black that was good. But, uh, yeah, man, fucking, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the black licorice. Never been a big fan of the taste. I like, do you remember, uh, they, I, I'm not a huge Twizzlers guy, but I like the, I like, do you remember, what was it, Switzers? It was like Twizzlers? the Switzers. There was okay. Ooh, there's, there's, I know, right? Um, there was Twizzlers, and then there's another company called Switzers, I believe. <laughs> I think it was called Switzers. It's kind of like what Hydrox was to Oreo. Ah, <laughs> I'm with you now. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you break it down to cookies, I can understand yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm speaking my language. I'm pretty. Oh my god! Now I'm losing my fucking mind. I gotta look up if there's such a thing as Switzer licorice. Uh. I like the red. I like the red vines way more than Twizzlers. Personally, yeah. Have you had the Starburst licorice? No. Yeah, I have had that. That's pretty damn good. It's pretty fucking good, man. Generally, any of those candies that like kind of mush down and then can stick to your teeth, I've always shied away from. Oh, I'm trying to look up Switzer licorice. Yo, it exists. Thank God. Validation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just a neural misfire. It's a real thing. <laughs> the original red cherry, chewy cherry twists. The old Switzers. The old Switzers. Never, never really was a big player in the licorice game. <laughs> but I supported Switzers. I don't even, that, yeah, I think they still make them. You can still buy them. Yeah, what is it here? On eBay? I ain't buying candy on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta be a real connoisseur to take that step. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway. So anyway, we, uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it, but I I sent you a link to a uh, short film. Eight minute long movie called Twin Turbo. Did you guys, it was on Vimeo. Did you guys watch this one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Katie Lutz. Uh, she's from Arrow, uh, that show Arrow. Katie Lutz, this is her directorial debut, and it stars Dominique Domingo and Legends of Tomorrow's Maisie Richardson Sellers. Twin Turbo tells the story of two women that are kidnapped while on their way to Las Vegas. Uh, it's about eight and a half minutes long. It was produced by Lutz uh, and uh, directed by Lutz. Um, I just found out about this today. So I was just like, fuck it. It's eight minutes. It's free. It dropped on Vimeo. Let's discuss it. Uh, Neil, what did you think about Twin Turbo? I fucking loved it, man. It was it was concise. You you got the entire backstory of these characters in an instant, and it was like some kick ass action. And yeah, it was just a fun little thing to watch. I really liked that cup for the fuck out of it. It was what? awesome. Did you think that it felt very kind of like Tarantino esque? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kinda of reminded me of uh, fuck, 
the, the Grindhouse one. Uh, oh yeah, with Kurt Russell and Rosario Dawson, and was it what was um, that called? That was called like Road something. Yeah. Fuck. Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> At Planet Terror is the Robert Rodriguez one. Yes, and it was. Uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Death Proof. Death Proof. So it had nothing to do with the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it de- definitely had that feel to it, and yeah, yeah I, I really, really enjoyed it. Oh man, I I love I I love Planet Terror too. I thought that that was fun. Oh, yeah. I, I went and saw I went to the to the Grindhouse and saw that in the theater. Joe, what did you think about Twin Turbo? Yeah, I thought it was totally badass. And um, uh, being that it was directed by Carrie uh, Carrie Lutz, is that her name? Katie Lutz. Katie Lutz. Yes, yeah. I'm really familiar with her. I, I watched lots of. Um, uh, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and stuff on CW, and just seeing what a badass you know martial arts actress she is, um, I was hoping that that was going to be the way that this thing went, and then seeing it go that way, it was fucking awesome. This was a complete Tupperware for me as well. Yeah, I, I Tupperware as well. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed kind of like the guys, kind of like you know they kidnap them, get them tied up, and then they're basically. Saying, oh, we're going to, you know, if you don't comply to our demands and uh, we're going to do this to you, we're going to cut you up. And then they talk about how much they haven't thought about that plan and how much blood they're going <laughs> to, how much blood <laughs> killing them and cutting them up is going to leave behind. They're never going to be able to clean up that mess. And then it just goes, it just goes batshit crazy into like a, a fight, a martial arts fight with those women against these guys and, I, I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Eight and a half minutes. I thought it was a blast. I will post the link to that in the show notes. So if you want to check it out, it's free on Vimeo. Uh, if you have a Roku or a Fire Stick, you can just download Vimeo onto that and search Twin Turbo, and you can watch it right there on your TV, TV as well. Um, I watched uh, – I picked up – I know it came out a couple weeks ago on digital, but I – Bought. I was in. I was in the store, uh, and um, I was uh, buying. You know, trying to find toilet paper. Trying to, trying to, <laughs> trying to. You know, get the essentials that I do need. Uh, you know, for the next couple weeks. And I saw. Um, I was also picking up movies. You know, that I'll be able to watch while I'm at home. And I saw that uh, on Blu-ray, Superman: Red Sun had been released. And so I picked up the new DC animated movie, Superman Red Sun. It's about what if baby Kal-El's rocket landed not in Kansas, but in the Soviet Union. That is the premise of this Elseworlds tale from DC Comics. Now, this is based on the 2003 comic book miniseries of the same name, written by Mark Miller and penciled by Dave Johnson, Andrew Robinson, Walden Wong, and Killian Plunkett. It's directed by Sam Liu. It stars, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it stars Jason Isaacs and Diedrich Bader, but in this one, Jason Isaacs is voicing Superman and Diedrich Bader is voicing Lex Luthor. In other DC animated movies, aren't, isn't that flipped? Diedrich Bader's doing the voice of Batman and Harley Quinn. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That sounds right. I'm trying to think. Has Diedrich Bader voiced Superman? And has Jason Isaacs voiced Lex Luthor? 
I don't know. I should have looked this up. I should have looked this up, and I didn't. And this is why we need a Jamie, which that's never. (laughs) (laughs) I'm furiously pulling up IMDb right now. No, it's fine. Uh, Roger Craig Smith voices Batman in this. Amy Acker voices Lois Lane. Vanessa Marshall as Wonder Woman. And uh, Paul Williams as Brainiac. Yeah, yeah, he voiced Lex Luthor in uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters. Thank you. J- Jason Isaacs did. Thank you. And I think that's why they did this, is since this is an Elseworld story, what better way to do something different with the voice actors but then have an actor that once voiced Lex Luthor now voice Superman. I, yeah. I, I that's cool. I think that's very fucking cool. Um, this one starts off, I believe, in 1946, and you have Superman raised in the Soviet Union, um, being bullied by kids. They're chasing him, Russian kids chasing him, throwing rocks at him. Uh, he, there's a girl that uh, he's really good friends with. I don't know if he has romantic feelings towards her, but I feel like she was kind of like the, this version of Lana Lang, like, uh, instead of Smallville and Lana Lang, she was like Russia's version of Lana Lang. Her name was Svetlana, I believe. And, um, later on grows up, becomes the Superman for the Soviets based on like what she said. She says, you need to use this power to help your country. And so he does. He, he he helps the government and uh, realizes that Stalin's a piece of shit and uses his fucking, like, heat vision, his uh, laser eyes and shit to fucking kill Stalin. Whoa. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. Um, then Brainiac attacks the Earth. Superman takes him out, reprograms ba- Brainiac to basically be, like, an assistant to him, kind of like a personal robot that's there, like like a fucking Alexa that's, that just wheels around and predicts future outcomes, and kind of like to make things better for humanity. Like you know, if if you do this, you know, Superman, you know this, you know this will better the nation. Blah blah blah. And at that point, we've got Soviet Superman who is like pretty much taking over countries. Like they're they're erecting the Berlin Wall, and Superman flies into like east west germany and just destroys the fucking wall and then flies off um lex luther is kind of like the savior of america though you know he's like instead of him being like you know the big bad the villain and i know he's he's been president in the comics and and um but in this it's he's married to lois lane in this one and he is 100% against what Soviet Superman is doing. He won't join up with the Soviet Superman. He won't, you know, so the U.S. is kind of like not not complying with Soviet Superman. Wonder Woman's in this movie. She's an ally of Soviet Superman in this. Um, of course, you know, uh, and I don't want to spoil this too much if you haven't read the comic or if you haven't seen this one. I, I'm just kind of like teasing certain things that kind of happen in it. There is, um, um, you know, there is a Green Lantern Corps that is formed in this Elseworld story. And their whole reason of being formed is to stop Soviet Superman. Nice. And, 
Lex has other ideas of trying to figure out, you know, how powerful Soviet Superman is. So he, he clones and he makes his own, you know, superior Superman, which is the U.S. version. Um, this is another great, and I know DC animated movies usually are great. They've had some misses, but this is definitely another one that I think everyone needs to see. It's pretty fucking fantastic. I Tupperware this. I had a blast watching it. Nice. Uh, so I highly recommend Superman Red Sun. Um, if you love the comic, I, I hope that you'll love this. Um, I, I thought the comic was fantastic. Um, and I think that this is a great movie. It has some great twists, some great twists and turns. Um, at the heart of it, it is, it, it's, it, it's still a very, very well done Superman story. So, and I just, I love Elseworld stories. You know, it's, it, they're not canon, but they're, it's just, it, they're kind of like, uh, DC's version of what if, and I absolutely love them. So, I would Tupperware this one. I highly recommend this one. And hopefully it'll drop on DC Universe soon, especially with this Corona bullshit going on. So everyone that has DC Universe will be able to watch it hopefully soon. So have you guys watched the trailer for season two of Harley Quinn? Have you watched Harley Quinn, the animated series on DC Universe? Yeah, that that's one of my favorite shows currently. And I was so excited when I saw that season two was going to be dropping so soon. Yeah, they that, dropped, um, they dropped dude, the trailer. The first season was great. I mean, yeah. it, it had everything. It had fucking comedy. It had a great emotional punch throughout the entire series that really culminated at the end that, that you know, it snuck up on me. I didn't see that coming. There were characters yeah. in there that I became so endeared to, and the comedy was great. Um, yeah. Man, I, I can't imagine. I, I never would have imagined the second season would drop this fast. Well, they they dropped the trailer. Do we know the launch date of the second season? Yeah, it's April 3rd. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might have to get DC That's what I'm saying, dude. Oh, Neil, it's fantastic. It's, it's fucking great. It's fucking great. Thank God. I love this show. Like, I would say it took about three to four episodes for me to, like, really fall in love with it. But once I did, it just – I could not stop watching it week to week. And I think like, – yeah. You know, it dropped episode, new episodes dropped on Friday and like I was watching them, you know, within days of them dropping. So it's, it's a great fucking show. Did either of you get a chance to see this new Hulu miniseries that dropped? They dropped the first three episodes and it's called Little Fires Everywhere. I have not watched it yet, but it's on my agenda to watch i was gonna wait and watch it with my wife because she'd totally be into that sort of stuff neil i have not watched it either no it's fine uh little fires everywhere follows the intertwined fates of the picture perfect richardson family and an enigmatic mother and a and daughter who upend their lives the story explores the weight of secrets the nature of art and identity, the ferocious pull of motherhood, and the danger in believing that following the rules can avert disaster. That, that description does not give this fucking show justice, in my opinion. Like, I don't know if that, I don't know. Did that sound exciting to you guys? That's no, the, you, they, the description was like, <laughs> ah, I don't care about this. Yeah. You really got to watch the trailer for it. I mean, it's, 
the trailer for it makes it look really good. Put me in mind of um oh what was the 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 lies show that was on HBO? Uh Pretty Little Lies or whatever. Is that it? Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies, that's what it was. It, it put me in mind of that. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. But Oh uh, man, that first season of that's incredible. I have to check that out. I hear a lot of good things about it. This is set in uh Shaker Heights, Ohio. In 1997. So a lot of the soundtrack is like music from like, you know, the late 90s. It features uh, Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington as mothers from different socioeconomic backgrounds. It's based on the two, uh, 2017 novel of the same name by Celeste Ng. And um, it also has uh, Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson's in this looking, <laughs> looking like a dad. Looking like Dad oh. Joshua Jackson. Is that the guy from Dawson's Creek? Yeah, Josh, that Joshua Jackson from the what was that? What was that movie with? Uh, it was like a fraternity. What was it called? The it's called the oh. skull, and, skull and Bones or something. Skull, yeah, Skull yeah. something. Skull, so, yeah, yeah. The Skull and Bones boys. So, I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> he was pretty good in Fringe. Fringe. I, I didn't. I, I watched a few episodes of Fringe, but I never got. I've never got through the whole series. I hear that's that that show's pretty great. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, Joshua Jackson's in it. I, uh, I. I. This week is going to be basically with all the things that are going on. I've you know I've been sidetracked and haven't had a chance to watch like every. I've watched a lot of stuff this week. Don't get me wrong. But on the <laughs> flip side. I've only watched first episodes of things. So it's not like one of those weeks where it's like I'm coming in here and I'm being like, yeah, well, I finished all 17 episodes. <laughs> you know, it's like it's not that. I'm not doing that this week. It's like I've watched one episode of these shows. So I'm basically going to be coming at some of these shows by with, uh, you know, I've watched one episode. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to keep watching? And so Little Fires Everywhere starts with um, Reese Witherspoon outside of her home, beautiful home, and it's on fire. And, you know, somebody from the fire department comes over and they're basically saying like, uh, yeah, this does not look like it was an accident. It looks like this was deliberately set. And he said, because in the house, there were little fires everywhere. And then Peter Griffin comes into the scene. He's like, ah, you said the title of the, nah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you shitting me? They named a character Peter Griffin. No, no. <laughs> Peter Griffin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Seth MacFarlane. God, fucking Seth MacFarlane. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, don't, I don't give a fuck. He's still fucking funny. You're still fucking funny, Seth. <laughs> You're still fucking funny. Um, but, uh, so the house is on fire. Then they go back six months before and you've got Carrie Washington with her daughter. And, uh, it, uh, basically you can tell they've been living in their car and they're going from 
like town to town and they don't they they don't stay wherever they wherever they go they don't stay there long they they pick up and move very quickly and the girl wants some stability the daughter wants some stability and it feels like when she moves into this neighborhood and she starts to make friends and she makes friends with uh one of uh, Reese Witherspoon's sons uh, he's around the same age as her and makes friends with him and starts making friends at school. This girl does not want to leave. She's just been moving around from place to place. The mother says that she's an artist, makes her living as an artist. And uh, there's something really shady about the mom's background and why they have to keep moving. What is she running from? She's got to be running from something. And then this fire that was set, who set the fire? So, uh, you know, is it, is it, did the, did, did the mom set the fire? Did the daughter set the fire? Like, what the fuck? Where did this fire come from? There's all these questions that are being asked. But, um, uh, you've, you've got Reese Witherspoon and, She's renting out a house in 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 this area, and uh, she eventually rents it out to Carrie Washington's character, so her and her daughter can live there. And they don't have like Reese Witherspoon is trying to be nice to Carrie Washington, but she comes off as kind of like that snobby white rich woman and says <laughs> things that are kind of offensive that she doesn't realize that are offensive. To carry, like she at one point in time basically says, you know, you can be like our maid and doesn't realize how racist that sounds, especially to a woman who takes pride in, you know, uh, her art and, and making a living off of her art and things like that. So, but there's a lot of mystery behind this. Um, I'm certainly intrigued. I, I actually, there, I'm telling you, like, there's three episodes that they dropped. I watched the first one. I really wanted to come back to this one. I had so many other things to watch this week. And I would have binged all three episodes had I had more time. But man, they really packed that first episode with a lot of mystery, a lot of getting to know these characters, and um, and a lot of intrigue. Man, I... I really fucking like this show so far. I don't know if it's going to stick the landing. I, I believe it's only a miniseries, so it's one season and done. But I'm going to watch this one. This is one I'm going to get back to. I'm going to get this first episode of Tupperware. I thought it was pretty brilliant. I really, really, really liked it. I think Kerry Washington's doing a great job. Reese Witherspoon's fantastic in this fucking in this show. And, and all the child actors that they got in this one are really good. I highly recommend this one. Joe, I think you and your wife are in for a fucking... A treat with this fucking show. I think it's really fucking good. Awesome. I'm really happy to hear that that it hit for you. And because this one, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, oh shit, I got to play this for Lindsay. And and yeah, we're going to get on it probably this week. Yeah. I didn't know that three episodes had dropped already. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Hulu dropped three episodes. I don't know if that was coronavirus, but I mean, with with uh, the devs show, with devs, the Ar- Alex Garland show, they dropped two episodes. And so Hulu does that sometimes, though, where they'll drop mm-hmm. two or three or whatever the case may be, you know, that first week. They did it with Runaways, didn't they? They did. They did. The I think maybe the first season they dropped a couple episodes. The second season they just dropped them all. So, yeah. And then canceled it. <laughs> yeah, then canceled it after season three. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> what was, oh, what did I see was gonna end 
Oh, Rebecca, Shira is going to end with season five. Just found that out today. Yeah, I'd read yeah, that online. That. Yeah. I watched a bit of that first season and thought it was really good. But really? then, you know, there's so much content out there. I fell off of it. Same here. God, so much content. Um, I'll, you know what? I'll pass it off to one of you guys. Joe, what have you been watching? I'm going to start with my favorite show that I've discovered recently. I've been loving the show Dave on uh, FX and Hulu. Nice. Uh, this is, yeah, this is a little half hour uh, comedy series featuring uh, the rapper from YouTube, Lil Dicky. Um, and the show has been just brilliant. It's There's four episodes that are out so far. Uh, each one's just a half hour, and it's kind of following his life as he's trying to break in and and be this rapper in the industry but he's this white awkward jewish dude that uh, <laughs> just gets into these the most fucking ridiculous like predicaments it's almost got a little bit of a curb your enthusiasm feel to it where his character almost has some larry david vibes to it just where his own weird neuroses and stuff are getting him in these predicaments to where you know, it's like if he had just reacted differently, everything would have gone better. But because he reacted the way he did, that's where a lot of the comedy in the show is, is falling in and, and all the supporting cast in it is really good as well. Um, and when he does rap in, at the end of the first episode and he's re- like, you know, I'm not so like a rap connoisseur good. or anything, but he's really good. Like it's it's fucking fantastic and and it's got like a comedic effect to it and um so far uh, Neil are you current on this one? I've only seen the first episode so far. Oh my god! Okay, so in the third episode, it, there's it's it's all about sex between him and his girlfriend and like exploring new positions and shit and <laughs> the stuff that they do in there. Like number one, I can't believe it was on FX. I'm watching it on Hulu. So it was like but when I was rewatching it, because I've already watched all four episodes that are out. I've watched them each twice now. And when I was rewatching that third episode, I couldn't just directly go to it on Hulu. Like I had to finish episode two and let it just roll into it. And so really? I'm wondering if, if they have it set like that on Hulu or if it's just a glitch in my app. I mean, admittedly, Hulu is kind of a shit platform. Um yeah with the way that their app works, at least in my experience. Uh, but yeah, the, this third episode, it, this fucking sex stuff that's in it is just unbelievable. And the, the shit that happens at the end of the episode had me laughing so fucking hard that I'm, I'd been shocked if my neighbors didn't hear me laughing. At it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, this show's just been, it's been my number one uh, no shit. since I first saw it. It's, all it's right. dude it's so good it's so funny have, i highly recommend it each episode that's been out so far has been fucking great okay and i'm gonna watch yeah, I, it, if you if you're comparing <laughs> it to curb in any shape or form i'm gonna watch this yeah and keep in mind I'm, I'm i don't i haven't watched a lot of curb your enthusiasm but i've watched enough of it to get the gist of what larry david's character is like so, and so just, that's what i'm basing this comparison on you're just saying things with reckless abandon I, you know, I'm a fucking wild man. <laughs> you're, you're a wild a fucking card. rock star in me, and I just start fucking talking shit. <laughs> wow, wow! I Tupperware this so far, man. Don't Dan you, Ramirez don't, recommended this to me. Don't come to me unless you're buying fucking Danish licorice on a website. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so okay. So you were recommended the show, Neil, and you watched the first episode. Yeah, 
Yeah, I really, really liked it. And I, I, I've been a fan of, of Lil Dicky for about a year now. Um, I think he's very, very talented. Um, and his videos on, on YouTube are fucking hilarious as well. Neil, so, who's, yeah. who's your favorite Lil? Is it, is it, <laughs> hold on, who's your favorite Lil? Is it Lil Wayne, Lil Dicky, or Lil Abner? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Maybe Lil Kim. Oh, Lil Kim. <laughs> Joe, do you have a favorite Lil? Well, it's definitely not Lil Nas. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that shit did not click with me. <laughs> I don't think anybody. Do, do you guys have any idea what I, what I'm talking about when I when I say Lil Abner? Do you have any idea? No, what I have? was I was gonna ask what that was about. <laughs> it's like a fucking comic strip from like the 1940s or some shit. <laughs> it's pretty awful. Your elderly listeners are laughing their asses off. Oh, I know. I know. No, they're dead from coronavirus. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'll tell you what, there's going to be plenty of butterscotch left on the shelves. Yeah, no shit. Oh, my gosh. Dentures have not been selling in months. (laughs) Wipe your ass with a Werther's? Asking for a friend. <laughs> oh man, Lil Dicky, Lil Dicky, check. I, I'm gonna check this out. Hey, have you guys watched Rami? No, it's uh, Rami. I should say Rami. It's, I think it's pronounced Rami. I said Rami. I said Rami. <laughs> have you guys watched Rami? Yeah, you guys watch that there Rami show. It's Rami. <laughs> you guys need to watch Rami. Oh my god, it's fantastic. It's on Hulu as well. Like fucking, you know, won some Emmys. It's fucking fantastic. It's uh, it's kind of like a Curb Your Enthusiasm type show. Again, I'm not, I'm not using that loosely like Joe over there. It is very much kind of like a Larry, <laughs> like a Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it's basically kind of like. Uh, a young Muslim trying to like navigate through like a modern world, but still kind of like keep ties, hold ties to like his Muslim religion and like try to like work that in with like sex and marriage and, and, uh, you know, people, it, it's, you gotta watch this. It's, and there's a, an episode with his mom when she becomes like an Uber driver that's just an incredible fucking up. Ep- God damn it. Watch Rami, people. Season two's coming out real soon. Get caught up. Binge that fucking shit. So, Wasn't Jake talking about that a few weeks Jake ago? Was, Jake was talking about it. And when Jake talked about it, it made me want to watch it. And I did. And I fucking fell in love with the show. Killed it in a couple days. Nice. It's really fucking good. R A M Y Rami. It's on Hulu. Watch it. Um, Joe, what else you got, dude? Uh, yeah, I'm caught up with Castlevania now. Season three just dropped recently on Netflix. What are your thoughts, man? Do I? Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, I watched the first episode. I haven't gotten back to it, and I want to know, like, over because they, like, this was the biggest season that they ordered for Castlevania. Yeah, and in my mind, this show just gets better with each season. Wow. Um, the the first season being, you know, the shorter it was, it was, it was almost just an epilogue to get us to meet all our heroes. And then in the second season, we really get into the meat of it with this war that, that uh, 
you know, Dracula's waging against the entire earth, wants to wipe out all the people. And you get to see all these other old elder vampires come in and see some of the politics behind that and, and where that all shakes down by the end of the second season. This third season picks up about a month later where, uh, Trevor Belmont and Sypha, the speaker magician have been traveling the, the roads just in a wagon and killing night creatures that are left over from the battle at the end of the second season. And uh, Alucard is just back at the um, Dracula's castle that's outside of the Belmont um, family home where he's staying there kind of protecting everything. And so it's the this season goes in two different storylines where it's kind of got Alucard's storyline where these two young humans come to him and want to learn how to be vampire hunters to protect their homeland where they come from because they're kind of suffering under, you know, one of Dracula's lieutenants from the war. And then you got Sypha and Trevor Belmont's story where they come to this town where this giant night creature crashed into the local abbey and the monks had turned like very satanic and there was some dark shit going on in this priory building and they're not allowed in. And so they're working with the like kind of the mayor of this town that's voiced by Jason Isaac. And uh, so these two different stories that are running parallel, and I you keep thinking throughout the whole series that they're going to meet up, and they actually don't. And so it gives me a lot of hope for what's coming uh, in these next seasons because, man, if they just keep following this trend where, for me, each successive season has been better because it's broadened the story in this world of what's going on. And um, so far, I've, I've Tupperware every season of it. Awesome. And, I mean, this show's great. And if – if it does the Netflix thing and makes it to five seasons, I could kind of see a storyline going that could wrap up within two more seasons. I think if they wrapped it up in one season, it would feel a little bit rushed um, just because of the stuff that they do set up in this mm. season. And man, you get, uh, I guess there is another story that's going to where it's showing some more of the vampires and stuff and, and the stuff that happens in that storyline with one of the, uh, the Forge Master characters that's a human uh, is really interesting for what could be uh, coming in future seasons. But, man, this show is fucking great. It's written by Warren Ellis. Yes. And, and yeah, he hasn't had a miss on it yet. It's It's been great. Um, w- would you consider this anime or is it just kind of like a close analog? Mm, Netflix considers it anime. Um, but I don't know. I mean I- – that's a tough one because it's not adapted from a manga, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Netflix considers it anime. The first season, they swear that it was like what was it four episodes and, or yeah, and they swear that it was like not a movie. I think it was a movie that they broke up into four episodes. They swear it's not. The second season went on six episodes, I think, and then like this last season wasn't it ten? Yeah. Yeah, so it's getting- yeah. Each season's gotten longer. The story's gotten a lot more in depth as it's gone along. And I totally agree. That first season did feel like a movie. <laughs> they just it cut did. Up into episodes. It did. Joe, who's your favorite? Trevor, Trevor Noah from The Daily Show, Trevor Moore from The Whitest Kids You Know, or Trevor Belmont from Castlevania? Trevor Belmont. He's fucking hilarious. Uh, he, he's totally down to drink a beer at ten a.m. And uh, he kills fucking demons and vampires and shit. He's M- badass. Mine is going to be Trevor Moore from The Whitest Kids You Know. Me too. Yes, dude. <laughs> if you've never listened to that fucking rap song where he's getting high with dinosaurs. Oh, oh my God. 
That shit I'll is have to look that up. That was the only Trevor I wasn't familiar You've with. You've never heard that fucking song? Apparently not. Hold up, dude. Hold up. <laughs> Tell you what. Oh, shit. Neil, I kind of want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> oh, my God. The Whitest Kids You Know. Oh, have you ever watched The Whitest Kids You Know? No, I don't think I have. It is. It was so good. It was on IFC and it ran for a few seasons. Um, they had yeah. Here, okay, here we go. The whitest kids you know. Dinosaur rap. You gotta fucking watch that shit. <laughs> I wrote it down There's in my notes. We'll check it out. What's that? There's five seasons of it. Oh, uh, of the whitest kids you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so fucking yeah. good. I love Trevor Moore and all those guys. They're fucking hilarious. That's mm. fucking amazing. Yeah. I don't know why I just I would love that. to see a T Rex roll a joint. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta watch that video, Joe. You would love that shit. Dude, I wrote it down. I'll, I'll check it out for yeah. sure. Oh my god! If you can fucking find all those episodes on IFC, I would highly recommend the Whitest Kids. You know, they are funny as shit. Um, what, do you have anything else for Good Pop Bad Pop? Yeah, I've been watching season seven of Clone Wars as it's been coming out week to week on Disney Plus. Nice. Um. The, have you watched any of this yet? I have I gotta do a rewatch of the Clone Wars. It's, it's been so long. I gotta, it, I mean, that's just how it is, man, with, with yeah. them taking huge breaks off from these shows. It's like, you know, it started off on Disney, then it went to Netflix, and I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to do a rewatch to do myself justice. See, and that worked out well for me because I just did a rewatch on all of it in uh, November and December of last year, so it was still pretty fresh in my mind. Um, so the way that, that Clone Wars works for people who, who aren't familiar with it is it generally goes in multi-episode um, story arcs. 
where each episode's self-contained, but then taken together, they're all part of a larger story. And so there's five episodes that have dropped so far, and the first four tell the first story arc, which is really cool. It's about this group of clones called the Bad Batch, where you know they're all clones that had different genetic modifications to them. So one of them's like big and strong, and one of them's like the super smart tech guy. Uh, one of them they they call Hunter, and like he's like a spitting image of Rambo, all the way down to like the uh, the the red bandana across oh, his uh, awesome. forehead and everything. Yeah, and he's a fucking badass character. I mean, they're all badass. They're like this uh, elite group of like special commando so- soldiers that you know they feel like they don't fit in with the others, and they call them regs because they're like they're just the regular clone troopers that all look like each other, and um, they go on this mission with Rex to uh, go and do some stuff, and then they, they hear uh, a voice through the comm system, and it's a clone soldier that had died earlier in the seasons called Echo, and so then they decide to go after and try and find Echo, and the whole story that, that progresses over those first four episodes is really, really good. Um, I love Dave Filoni. He, what he does with, with Star Trek is, or Star Wars is really, really incredible, and um, this fifth episode that dropped is the one that everybody's been looking forward to because it's the one where he's it's more Ahsoka Tano and it picks up right where her arc in season five had dropped off where in season five it tells the the story of how Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order because she's a character that was created by Dave Filoni for the Clone Wars uh, animated series and you know obviously we never see Luke Skywalker or Anakin Skywalker's Padawan in any of the movies. And so logically you got to see a storyline somewhere where she leaves the Jedi order or something happens that takes her out. And that story arc where she's wrongly accused of murder and then loses her faith in the Jedi council is, Oh, it just tears at your heartstrings to watch it because I mean, Ahsoka Tano is a beloved character in star Wars for a reason. And Dave Filoni did such an amazing job creating her. Um, and when you watch all of the clone wars, you really get this sense of it's it, like Ahsoka Tano is almost like every Star Wars fan's little sister who's also like a total fucking badass. And and she's funny and she's smart and she's a great match for Anakin Skywalker throughout everything. And so to see a new storyline with her is really exciting. And it picks up right where that left off, where it's young Ahsoka Tano and she's trying to figure out what her next moves are now that she's no longer in the Jedi Order. And she falls in with these two sisters that are kind of dabbling in crime a little bit and so she's trying to help them and i hope that this one goes four episodes as well um clone wars can go anywhere from three to five for these story arcs but season seven so far has been fantastic it's really cool to see new original content on disney plus as well um they they have enough content that my subscription with them is pretty secure just because there's so much of their older (laughs) stuff that it's like comfort food watching for me you know that i'll put on in the background uh, but it's definitely great to see new original content, um, you know, at least until we get some of these MCU series that are going to be coming out later down the pipe. Yeah, but like how are those going to be affected, those MCU series? Is it – do we have to – you know, because you got to think about like how closely Feige says that these series are tied in with one another to the movies is something – in Black Widow tied in with, you know, um, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier or, you know, the WandaVision series. Is it tied in with something like that to where like 
now they can't release Falcon and Winter Soldier because Wanda Black because Winters. Black Widow hasn't. Yeah, it's been delayed. That's yeah, crazy. that totally makes sense. That you know, if they are tied together, which he says, which he said that they are, that um, you know, cinematic delays will probably delay Disney Plus. I don't. Um, when's the the soonest uh, series that's going to drop on there? I don't have that timeline memorized. I think it's Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was supposed to debut this year. They were going to push WandaVision to next year, but they realized that they need new content now. And mm. we're also going to get WandaVision later this year. Um, I don't know about either of those shows, what the statuses are now with this uh, coronavirus so, you know, and especially with Black Widow being delayed. If if Black Widow is tied in with either two of these series, we, we might not see them at their uh, coming out uh, when we thought they were going to come out originally. I thought with that's Falcon a, that's Falcon a really Winter, good point. Yeah, I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier was going to be fall. So I wonder how desperate they'd have to get. Oh, sorry, Neil. I was going to say it's October, I think, is when they were going to drop that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I wonder how desperate they'd have to get to release Black Widow on, you know, video on demand like some of these other movies are doing currently. Yeah, I think I I don't know. It's one of those it's it's a weird thing. I know NBC Universal is doing it with like, you know, The Hunt. And I, I we're actually going to talk about some of that in news. But it's one of those things where I I think it's fine for now. I think movies that have like been released like that are being released now they they need to do something like the hunt needs to it got it barely got a theatrical run uh I think twenty percent of movie theaters, probably even less now are in operation um drive in movie theaters are still open <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean in my area it's not warm enough for them to be open they they don't plan on opening until April. 10th, I believe, is, is the soonest. So, but drive-thrus, there's basically because you're in your car, I guess they're considering that like, you know, social distancing. Social to, distancing? Yeah, to where like you can get away with it. So, drive-in movie theaters, there's only, I believe, 300 or so in existence in the United States right now. I'm lucky enough to have one within 45 minutes of me. So, I mean, if worse comes to worse, I'm going to be driving to Springfield and going to <laughs> the Route 66 drive-in uh, come April 10th if theaters aren't reopened. I will. I will be I will be pulling my car in there and and watching movies cuz I I didn't think it would affect me as much as it has. I miss the theater. It was weird this week not going to the theater. I go to the theater two possibly three times a week and it was so weird not going to the theater this week to see a new movie and literally seeing every movie theater around me shut down there's not single movie theater open um the local theater here that's locally owned the avon they shut down everything everything shut down it's crazy Local theaters around me have shut down also. As far as I know, we don't have any drive-ins around here. So, I mean, we don't even have that option. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, like with the whole state being shut down here, it's not like the drivers could be open anyway. But like once that's lifted, you know, I'll, I might be at the drive-in movie theater watching movies over the weekend. I don't care what the fuck they're playing. I just need to get out and watch something. So, oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, the Clone Wars, I need to do a rewatch and then I'll eventually watch season seven. Cause I like, I loved what they did with, um, you know, Rebels, I loved Rebels, and I don't, yeah. I can't say I loved everything that they did with Ahsoka Tano and Rebels, to be quite honest with you. I thought there was some weird shit that happened. The character was fine, it was just some of the events that happened in Rebels were kind of weird, but yeah. yeah the, the, the two-part episode Twilight of the Apprentice in Rebels is, in my opinion, is some of the best content that's in Star Wars. Nice. Where Ahsoka and Vader have that showdown at that Sith Temple. Fucking Vader comes yeah. flying in, standing on top of his TIE fighter. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. The drama queen. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it's fucking awesome. I'm going to talk about one movie and then we're going to go to break here real quick. Um, I watched, uh, since there are no new movies being released in theaters, uh, I wanted to see if there's new movies coming out on video on demand and there was. And it's called Human Capital, and I watched it on Fandango now for like seven bucks. Um, Neil, I sent you this. Did you get a chance to watch it? I did not. Oh, that's fine. Uh, the lives of two different families collide when their children begin a relationship that leads to a tragic accident. It's directed by Mark Myers. He directed a couple movies I haven't seen. He directed We Summon the Darkness and My Friend Dahmer, which, yes, it's about Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial killer. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer worked in a chocolate Easter bunny factory. <laughs> I did wow. not. Yeah, you should watch the Jeremy Renner Jeffrey Dahmer movie that came out in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s. Jeffrey Dahmer worked in a chocolate Easter bunny factory. That was, but this, I, I guess this movie is his high school years. So anyway, this, uh, human capital, it's a, it's a remake of the Italian film by Paolo Virzi, loosely based on the Stephen Amidon novel. It stars Liev Shriver, Marissa Tomei, Peter Sarsgaard, Maya Hawke, Alex Wolf, Betty Gabriel, Asif Mandiv, uh, Asif Mandvi, uh, Paul Sparks, and Fred Heckinger. Um, so the beginning of this movie, you see this uh, Jeep driving uh, down a paved road in the woods, and this Jeep, like, clips this uh, guy on a bike pretty hard. And he goes flying off the fucking road with his bike. And he's, like, fucked up on the road. And then the Jeep stops. And then the Jeep drives off. So that's the way the beginning of the movie starts. With a fucking guy getting hit on his bike. And then... We get to see a period of time from the point of view of three different characters. You get Leif Schreiber, Marissa Tomei, and Maya Hawke. Uh, Maya Hawke, you'll remember her from Stranger Things Season 3. She worked in the ice cream shop with Steve. She's the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. And my God, in this movie, she sounds and acts just like Uma Thurman. It is un 
fucking real. Hmm. Like her voice and delivery on her lines is so fucking Uma Thurman. Doesn't Uma Thurman sound like an old lady that would have died by of coronavirus? <laughs> like you, it's terrible. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, this guy's hit on a road, dead. No, he's hit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> This guy gets hit on the fucking roof. Nobody's going to watch this fucking movie. Fuck it. This guy gets hit by this fucking Jeep. You got these three characters, and we get to see, like, this period of time played out by these three characters. So you get Leif Shriver's daughter, played by Maya Hawk. She's dating uh, this guy. Um, they're high school age, and he's – Leif Shriver's dropping her off at the boyfriend's house. And the boyfriend's dad is rich. He's played by Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, he's a broker and, uh, I believe, uh, he gets, you know, he, he, he gets people to like invest in like these hedge funds. And then we find out Leif Shriver's character used to have a problem with gambling and he's now trying to, he's not gambling, but he's like lying about his earnings in order to get in on this investment. Um, and like, with that first story with Leif Schreiber's character, I, I was about to toss this movie. I was bored out of my goddamn mind with like fucking hedge funds and like them playing tennis and shit. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, this movie's boring as shit. But then I remembered like, oh, this movie's about something else. It's about this guy getting hit by a Jeep. We got to get back to that eventually. And so, like, then they move on to Marissa Tomei's character. She's married to the broker, Peter Sarsgaard, and he's a shitty guy. He sucks. And uh, he's he's just kind of, like, out for himself, treats his son like shit. He's just a real shit sack. And then what's weird about – watch Peter Sarsgaard in this movie. I don't know if he does it in other movies, but he sounds so much like John Malkovich. It's unreal. It's unreal just how much he he's just like a, a John Malkovich. I don't know if he's going for John Malkovich or if he just is John Malkovich all the time. It's weird. Married to mm. married to uh, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Throwing that yep. out there, you guys don't seem impressed. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, I love I, lo- I no, I love the banter between us. This episode, you guys, are- thanks. Yeah, yeah you know, you know, you know we, all right. I, fun fact with, noted. With the, Hall. Well, with the, with the coronavirus going on, I, I don't feel so isolated with your silence, fuckhead. <laughs> Say something. Anyway, just, just, oh, gee whiz, I didn't know that. Thanks, Brian. The more you know. The star and all that shit. Anyway, uh, she's, she's got her own shit going on. Marissa Tomei, she's got her own shit going on. She's trying to revive this old theater and, um, the final point of view is from Maya Hawk whose father, again, like I said, is played by Leif Shriver. And Leif Shriver in this is remarried uh, to this woman. She's a psychologist who's uh, treating a patient. And Maya Hawk, she meets this patient in the waiting room, and they start dating. All these stories, which I've done a horrible job at describing, 
all three stories, which thank God I didn't write the screenplay because it would be <laughs> a jumbled mess. It, and, and part of that screenplay would be me explaining that Peter Sarsgaard is married to Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> And <laughs> and then I would get crickets. Anyway, but all three of these stories collide eventually, and it's revealed what happens to this guy on the bike, and it, and it's revealed who did it. There's 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 these twists, there's turns, and it's a pretty good fucking movie. I'm gonna give it a high taste. It I it, for a drama, it kept my attention, but I think like the the part about it. It didn't work. It didn't get my like. It didn't get my heart racing at any point in time. Like, oh my god, ah, you know. Like, but on the flips, and then it also like I didn't really like care or worry about any one particular character. I thought, I think that like Leave Shriver, Maya Hawk, and Marissa Tomei, like the main actors, did a really good job in this one. I think they they all did a fine job. And, um, but I don't, th- I honestly, I don't feel like it was a waste of seven bucks on Fandango. And I felt like it was a good movie to kind of like watch at home when you're, when you're bored and there's no, you can't go to the fucking theater. So it's called Human Capital. And I think last time I checked, it was at like a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I personally would give it a fresh rating. I, 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 I enjoyed this one. Uh, not saying you have to watch it on VOD. Uh, probably within the next few weeks, it'll probably be streaming somewhere else, maybe Amazon Prime or something for free, uh, if you have one of those services. So maybe just hold out on this one if you want to. But if you're fucking bored out of your goddamn mind, <laughs> and you want to watch something, rent this one. It's, uh, Human Capital. I, I, I did really enjoy it. I think Maya Hawk shines in this fucking movie. I think she's great. God damn it. She is just the sp- Spinning image of her fucking mother in this. It's unreal. It is crazy. Like, I, I don't see any Ethan Hawk in her, but my God, she, like, her delivery, her cadence, the way she just, it, it's so Uma. That's so Uma. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever, did you ever own a pair of Pumas? The shoe? <laughs> No. Did you ever own a pair of British Knights? No, I do remember when those were big, though. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I did own a pair of British Knights. I fucking owned pairs of British Knights. I fucking, I, I was rocking stonewash jeans and British Knights. I was a, <laughs> I was a fucking dork. <laughs> I had, I had, oh my god, in the hyper color shirts. You, sometime, I need to, uh, Joe, you need to do a start cast. You need to do a start cast where you just talk about weird shit. Not have people on. Just do a start cast where you talk about weird shit. Where I you just should, ramble. Where you just ramble and have somebody on that, like, you're like, hey, I'm gonna ramble about this. You research it too. We'll get on here and we'll talk about it. You need to look up the story about hyper color t-shirts, man. That fucking company like like made so much money. I think they were out of business in like three fucking months. They sold like millions wow. of those fucking shirts and were out of business in like three fucking months. It's an insane story. I know nothing about it right they were now. Like a super massive star. They like burned hot and died young. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You need to do that with the with the start cast. When's the last time you did a start cast? 
It's been a minute. Yeah, I'm, I've been in contact with a couple people, and there'll be new episodes out within the month, I would say. Ah, lies. What, what, did, nice. what was that show called? <laughs> what was it called? Big Little Lies? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just a big, big lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, why, why do you turn my podcast into a den of lies, Joe Stark? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna be right back. We got more good pop, bad pop for you. Yeah, coronavirus, be damned. There's things to watch, and we're gonna talk about the things. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. I'm like, stupid. It's, I don't know, this fucking virus, go away. It's just throwing a monkey wrench into everybody's life right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's made a hell of a lot of things unpredictable at the moment. Yeah, sure has. It sure has. I'm worried about small businesses bouncing back from this. I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's, Yeah. yeah, like I'm... Right now I'm drinking, so I'll probably wake up with a hangover and I'll forget that we're on lockdown. I'll be. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be like, wait, I'll be like waiting at GameStop tomorrow. Like, well, I got buy my game. <laughs> You're gonna open? I don't even play games. I have 37 games with me. I need my fucking two dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no shit. They don't pay you fucking crap, man. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more good pop, bad pop. Does this episode suck for you guys? Oh, no, no, not at all. Am I talking to another human being? <laughs> You're just... Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm thinking about doing a leftover army podcast where we all kind of just I have people call in we just talk during this time. I think it'd, it'd be a lot of fun. It'd be fun. Just yeah. talk. We don't even have to talk pop culture. Just whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Talk about we. You know, yeah, we talked about cars earlier. I, I mentioned my nightmare about the Corolla virus. <laughs> you know, one they some of these car companies need to change the names of their cars. In my opinion, and one of those car companies that needs to change the name of their car is I don't know who's who's the who's the manufacturer of the Santa Fe. Who wants to drive a, a car called Santa a Hyundai Hyundai Santa Fe? <laughs> you might seriously they might as well like if you're if you're going into a dealership and you're going there with your wife, she's making you buy the Santa Fe. 
She's made you, <laughs> there's no man that's gonna go in there and buy a Santa Fe. They might as well, like when you're signing the fucking paperwork at the dealership, they might as well castrate you when you're fucking. <laughs> well, their, their SUV crossover that's just a little bit smaller than the Santa Fe is the Tucson. So uh, it's like they were really bonered up to name them after cities. Jesus Christ, Santa Fe. <laughs> I'd rather drive a Tucson than a fucking Santa Fe. Santa Fe. We used to have a Tucson. It was really nice. Driving around a Santa. You had a Santa Fe? No, we had a Tucson. Oh, you had a Tucson. Tucson. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a Tucson. I'll do a Tucson, but I'm not doing a Santa Fe. Like if I'm driving around fucking in a Santa Fe, people are looking at me like I'm one of the insulted from Game of Thrones. Just like you know what I mean? <laughs> you ballers. So what you're really saying is that you prefer Arizona to New Mexico. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's just get it out there. Now, there's a lot of cool shit going on in New Mexico. I'm not going to lie. That fucking Atari documentary and the whole Roswell <laughs> shit. There's some cool shit going on there. What's not cool is naming your car Santa Fe. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with the boys, drinking a few brewskis. Yeah, what you driving these days? Oh, Santa Fe. <laughs> you dickless piece of shit. <laughs> My favorites are the names for campers and RVs. Well, they come what? up with the weirdest names for those. <laughs> well, yeah, throw, some are, throw some out. And some are creepy. Like, why would you call a camper the Prowler? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh, oh, you know me, just prowling around the campground. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, uh, the rape buddy. <laughs> Shit. Oh, that's oh. the RB9000. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, just, I just, we lost some subscribers there. Um. <laughs> all the Santa Fe drivers. Santa, oh, all the Santa Fe drivers. <laughs> Hang your heads in shape, you dickless. Oh, my God. Oh, I, yeah. I hope your kids enjoy you taking them to soccer practice, you dickless piece of shit. <laughs> well, which would be preferable, a Santa Fe or a minivan? Oh, man. I don't, it's, I don't know. That's uh, I mean... Jesus, gun to the head. I mean, I, just fucking shoot me. <laughs> Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. <laughs> Brian, you're trading in the Camaro, and it's going to be either this very nice Santa Fe oh, or in the blank minivan. What's a Sonata? I'll take the pull. What's a Sonata? Did I say a Sonata? Well, no, I, I'm too. asking, what's a, what's well, I a, I, that's also a Hyundai. I know it's a Hyundai. What's <laughs> a Sonata? What's a, <laughs> Sonata sounds like some kind of like, uh, like, like a, it's a kind of song. Like a poem. Yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like a poem. Like a, like a sonnet. You know what I mean? Like Moonlight Sonata. Yeah. Oh, God, fuck that car too. <laughs> Dude, I have a dead Sonata sitting in my driveway. It has a blown engine. <laughs> Oh shit! Fucking wait to get rid of it. <laughs> it's a giant fucking paperweight. Oh my that god! I made payments oh. on over a year. Oh. <sighs> Santa Fe. Get the fuck. 
<laughs> so I'll be the first to say, fuck Hyundai. <laughs> Uh, they they hate people. They, they <laughs> <laughs> I watched the banker today. This is uh, you guys heard about the banker? I heard of that one? It's advertised endlessly on IMDb, so it I is. have heard of it. It is. It's uh, Apple TV. Uh, this is uh, Apple TV original. I think it was supposed to get a theatrical release. I'm not sure if it did get a proper theatrical release, uh, at least for two weeks. I think it was supposed to be released March 4th or something like that. I don't fucking remember. But, uh, what do you do? Somebody playing checkers over there? King, somebody king him. What's going Sorry, on? <laughs> what, are you, what are you, yeah, checkmate. What, what's going on? Clickety clack, man. A package. <laughs> What are you doing? I was opening a package. Over there, they thought, you thought this is a good time to open a package? Yeah, you know, it's one of the, the jewel pods. It's a, yeah, it's a loose episode. I'll just open a package. What else? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was over there watching YouTube videos and fucking, like, doing some home improvements. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that, ah, that got rid of the leaky faucet. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> no, Podcasting and doing drywall at the same time. Joe's over there fucking watching a video on how to fix his fucking Sonata. <laughs> ah, just a step one. Take your own foot and put it in your own ass. Why did you buy this car? Yeah, why did you buy the Sonata? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking with you, Neil. You're still my number one, you son of a bitch. Alright. Yeah. I, I watched the banker. I watched the I watched the banker. Uh in the nineteen sixties, two African American entrepreneurs hire a working class white man to pretend to be the head of their business empire while they pose as a janitor and chauffeur. This is based on a true story. Stars Anthony Mackey. Stars Samuel Jackson. Stars Nicholas Holt. Stars Nia Long. Nia Long from Friday. Huh. Cole Meany's in this for a fucking split second. Um, I'm not going to get into this one too much. I literally just watched it, so it's like, you know, it's fresh on the mind, but I haven't had a lot of time to process it. To be quite honest with you, um, it's it's interesting. You've got, uh, you know. Back then, uh, it was, uh, in the, uh, you know, 1950s, early 1960s, it was hard for, uh, for black men to really kind of like, uh, make a name for themselves in certain businesses. You know, they were kind of relegated to certain jobs, you know. And in this, you've got, uh, black men that were trying to, trying to get ahead. I mean, Anthony Mackie plays Bernard Garrett and this guy's brilliant. He's a, he's got a brilliant mind. And, um, you know, in today's world, this guy would, would be probably a millionaire. But back then he really had to like, you know, hustle to fucking, to, to get, to get places. And so they had to, as a front, they had to use this, this white guy played by Nicholas Holt to play like, um, you know, he was like the, he was the guy that was signing the deals and things like that, their real estate deals. And um, what they were doing is they were purchasing these um, apartments 
uh, or uh, purchase, yeah, purchasing these apartments. And then, um, Anthony Mackie knew, knew well off, you know, black lawyers and, uh, doctors and things like that at the time that could move into these places, into these like white neighborhoods, but still, um, he would renovate these places and then, you know, they would basically, uh, make a killing. Um, he had to convince this, um, uh, uh, Patrick Barker that was played by Cole Meany to kind of like be his partner. And they did this. They were buying up these properties. They were, you know, um, having people move in and they were making a killing. And then he dies and then he's got to start over from square one. Um, and that's when they kind of like put up this whole, it's kind of like they weren't doing anything illegal, but they had Nicholas Holt's character of Matt Steiner. Basically he was the face of the company and he was the white guy and he was doing all this business and some of the business they were doing in this, in, in Texas and Texas at this time was still very racist. And a lot of these people didn't know that they had, that he had black business partners and um, once they find out, they really make it hard for them. I, uh, I, I will say, Samuel Jackson is fucking incredible in this. This is so he is such a great performance by Samuel Jackson in this movie. He is so good in this fucking movie. I loved him. Anthony Mackie grows on you a little bit, but his character is kind of dry. But like, um. Nicholas Holt's good. I, I'm gonna give this one a high taste it. Um, I would have given it a Tupperware had it kept the momentum that it had at the beginning of the movie. I think it kind of drags towards like the latter half of the film, to be quite honest with you. It's not as good. If it would have kept the pace of like where it was at the beginning, I would have given this an absolute Tupperware. I know there's some controversy surrounding this movie with one of the producers actually being related to one of the guys in real life, like in the real life story. And like there was, I guess he had some like sexual allegations against him or something. And there was some controversy there and they had to drop him as producer and kind of like, you know, distance themselves from him or something. And that aside, there's other people that were working on this movie and I could tell that, you know, um, I think, I think, I think they did a really good job on this one. I, I, I liked it. I'll give it a high taste. It, it does drag in certain parts, but, um, if you have Apple TV plus subscription, um, I would recommend watching it. It dropped on March 20th and you can watch the movie on Apple TV plus. So I'll give it a high taste. It. It's, it's pretty interesting and it's crazy to think that fucking just, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. And even to this day, like it, they're making it so hard for like, you know, um, black people to, to, to make it. And it's, and that that's what these guys were doing. They were like they were looking out for other black people. They knew that there were black people, small business owners that they they eventually started to like buy banks. They bought a couple banks and they were giving loans to black business owners to help to help them. Um, you know, giving them loans to like either start a new business or to, you know, improve upon their business and like 
they were, you know, making good on their loans. Like they did their research. They knew that these people would pay on their loans. But these were loans that, that were not being given to black people before this. And so I, I highly recommend this one to watch it. It's, it's interesting. It's, you know, just for the history aspect as well. So yeah, I'll give it a high taste it. And I haven't pulled the trigger yet on that. Uh, the the Apple streaming shows, but yeah. man, it sounds like they got a lot of great content. They do, but Amazing Stories is not so amazing. <laughs> they really do. Servant is fantastic, Joe. It's great. Um, I loved most of the episodes of Little America, which is stories about like real life stories about immigrants in America. Like the first five episodes are just like fucking tear jerkers. I cried. And then like, of course, like, like the last couple episodes that I, I watched weren't good, but the first few were pretty amazing. Um, I haven't watched all of C, the Jason Momoa show. Servant's great. Uh, For All Mankind, the Joel Kinnaman show. That's the one. Oh yeah. God. So good. Joe, it's so good, dude. Yeah, that's that's one that I really want to see. That'd be right up my alley. That was my favorite show of last year. I mean, it wow. was absolutely incredible. Neil, what do you have for good pop, bad pop? Um, I got a couple things. Uh, first off, I finally was able to watch The Leftovers. Oh wow, Damon Lindelof, HBO. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll give it a high taste overall. I think, I think that it would have been a higher rating for me had I watched it week to week and had that time to kind of stew on each episode rather than binging all three seasons in a 48 hour period. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed the performances across the board. Um, the story was, was really good and I, I really liked the use of music in, in it. I thought that the, um, like when they would, in the, especially in the last season when they would use different music over the title sequence, I, th- yeah. I thought that was really fun, especially, uh, when they played the Richard Cheese version of personal Jesus. Yeah. Um, that, that, I thought that was great. Um, yeah, it, it's a really, really, really good show. Uh, and yeah, as I, as I said, I think it's one that you do need to watch, not binging it, um, because it like like Lost, another Damon Lindelof project. You really do need to kind of have that anticipation for, like, oh my god, all this crazy shit just happened. What's going to be next? And, and spending that time, um, kind of processing it. Whereas being able to just to go to the next episode, it, it kind of lost a little bit of of the mystery for me. But overall, I thought it was a really, really, really good show, and uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I like that one a lot. If you ask me and Jake, we gave it a Tupperware. We absolutely yeah. are huge fans of the leftovers. Thought it was great. So yeah, yeah. How and, many and, seasons and, did that go? Went three. Three. Nice. Yeah, and there and it's a, it's a relatively short seasons too. There's only ten episodes, I think, in each season. Yeah, um, and it was like uh, every year we kept thinking that it was going to get canceled because it didn't have high viewership ever. And yeah. uh, 
HBO just stuck with it. They 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 continued to let Damon Lindelof continue with the show, which I I respect them for that because um, I'm glad that we. What did you think at the end, Neil? Do you think? Do you believe her story? Yes or no? Did it? Yes. You do believe her story. Yeah. I do too. Uh, I, I I do too. Yeah, and I, I thought they really stuck the landing with that last episode. I, I thought that was one of the best episodes of the series. Was that last one? Because there was there was clues throughout that last season, especially where where they were heading. Um, and I, at the end of that last episode, I, I stayed after the credits and watched them talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damon Lindelof actually. You know, he he gave it a little bit of a spiel about it, and the idea of it leaving on a mystery where you can kind of formulate your own opinions, I think, is brilliant. He does that and with every fucking show, though. Yeah. It's driving yeah, me crazy. I'm sick of his fuck. Uh, I love him. <laughs> I love him. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sick of his ambiguous fucking endings. I'm so <laughs> fucking over it. Just give me a concrete <laughs> ending one fucking time, bro. But for that, that, <laughs> I don't think you'll get that from Lindelof, man. I know, yeah, I know. Thing. I'm just, I'm over. But for that it. series, I think it worked. I did too. I did too. For that series, but like, yeah, I don't need, like, okay, yeah, Inception was awesome with that little top spinning at the end. I don't need that fucking ending with every Lindelof <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> Knock it the yeah. fuck off, bro. <laughs> I hear you on that one for sure. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of the lost ending. Um, I mean, it was fine. It was whatever, but yeah, he, he definitely does that. Even with, even with Watchmen, if she would have just yeah. fell in that fucking pool to the, sunk to the bottom, <laughs> I would have been fine. Cause at least I would have known <laughs> Christ anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I recommend if you have access to HBO, uh, watching the leftovers as you have recommended for years now. It's a really, really, really good show. It and J- Justin Thoreau is, yeah, man, I wish he would do more acting because he is really good. And Carrie Cohn. Jesus. Yeah, she's, she's so great good. too. She's great. Yeah. I did not like the, uh, the daughter, um, Justin Thoreau's daughter. Yeah. I thought the character was, wasn't well written. Or, or I, I, I don't know. It, it just, I'm glad that she wasn't really present in the third season because um, I, I found her kind of annoying. Yeah. But overall, the show is just great. It's really good. What else you got, man? <laughs> so uh, I've been on like this reality competition kick lately. Like I, I love Lego Masters. Um, love the Masked Singer. Uh, so I binged all of, um, uh, great British, great British baking show. I have never uh, watched that. It's very delightful, especially the last couple seasons. Yeah. They have, um, the guy from the mighty Boosh as one of the hosts. Yeah. Uh, so that, I really enjoyed that, but then I started watching, uh, you know, I, I finished it. So I was looking for something else. So I started watching skin wars, um, and it's a reality competition show about body painting. And 
it's hosted by Rebecca Romaine because she was mistake mystique. And, uh, one of the, one of the judges is RuPaul. Um, and they have guest judges all the time, but it's, 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 it's not nearly as good as like nailed it or, uh, making it or, or great British. Baking what, what is, this on? is this on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's three seasons. I've almost finished the second season. I'm going to keep watching it because I really enjoy the artistic aspect of it. But it's a it's a taste it show. Uh, they really it's not feel good. It, it's more of the kind of reality show backbiting stuff. What's that? Yeah. There's a bunch of these fucking tattoo shows. What's that one? Inked. Yeah. Well, there's well that's one. a tattoo show. Yeah, but body painting is is very different. Oh, this is body painting. Yeah, so they take like a, a nude model. Okay. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a woman, she has pasties and, you know, panties on. And then they have different challenges where they, um, some of them are like camouflage where you have to ah, match the background. Yeah. Um, others already have these big themes with multiple models and it's, it's really creative what these artists come up with. Um, in the first season, there was a, one artist named Gear, who looked like he stepped out of an anime. Uh, he had, <laughs> and I thought he was going to be like this super douchey guy. But in the end, he was a really decent person. And he mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of Joey from The Circle, where I hated him at first, yes. but I really grew to like him. I know. Isn't that weird? Um, Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. I did not but like Joey at first. And then, like, I, yeah. I fell in love with him. That's crazy. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's sometimes sometimes these people are they come off really strong in a negative way, and yeah, then you kind of let them exist, and they actually turn out to be really good people. That's me. Um, I mean, people. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's true. People listen to me, and they're like, "Oh my god, I fucking like this guy is obnoxious, and I can't stand them." And then, like, mm-hmm. oh. Every once in a while, like I'll, I'll get that, like where people have been li- like listening for a while. Like some people just continue to hate me, which and they say, <laughs> and that's and that's fine. Uh, you know what's kind of weird about that is like I guess my skin has gotten a little bit thicker over the years because sometimes I don't know. Sometimes it does bother me. But on the flip side, it's just like if people aren't criticizing you, and then you on the flip side, you don't have people that do like you. It also means that people aren't listening. Like when you hear the criticism, right. it means people are listening. Because like, and and if I'm trying to please everybody all the fucking time, maybe I'm doing something wrong. So yeah, like even though we get those one star reviews, and and even though I get those fucking threatening, hateful emails every <laughs> once in a while, um, I uh, and I do, I do, I get those threatening, hateful emails still. I still get them. I got one of, really? I got, yeah. Oh yeah. I got, I got one a few weeks ago and spoilers for you people that send those emails. I don't read them. I don't read them. As soon as it gets negative, I delete them. So I hope just know that like if, if, if you're like wanting me to read it and then like address it on the show. If that's like your goal is to bait me into like getting angry and talking about it on the show and then you get like your kicks from that, it's not going to happen because as soon as like the email goes from like whatever to like negative, I delete it and I never 
And then I even delete it from the trash bin immediately. So I'll never be able to read the bullshit that you're telling me that you spent time to write another human being because you're a piece of shit Good for you dude i do yeah, i i used right. to read them back in the day and it used to like really um for as much as like i try to come off as like i've got this thick skin on this fucking show deep down i'm a very highly ins- uh sensitive person mm-hmm. and and um i i think i would hope mo- most people are but um i'm very sensitive and I, my skin has gotten thicker since doing this show, to be quite honest with you. But, um, yeah, people will judge you one way. Like, Neil, you've met me. Joe, you've met me. Like, I don't know. Like, I I can come off like the way I do on the show in person. But on the flip side, if you just get me alone, like, I'm not always like 100% jackassery the entire time. <laughs> A lot of that. A lot of 100%, no. Yeah, yeah, for real. Well, what people don't understand is like I was raised by – when I was raised, my mom was kind of like one of those people that like children are better seen, not heard. And so for years going out in public, it was kind of like just put on a face and go into public and act a certain way and just kind of like – you know, don't be a kid, you know? And so I, I couldn't be myself around other people. It would embarrass my mom. And so I held in, like, I was very kind of like, my thoughts were very internal. All my thoughts were very internal. So like, yeah, my dark sense of humor and all this shit was formed by like me basically being told my entire life to shut the fuck up. So I'm all these thoughts. And so like when I finally get out on my own, I just kind of like let loose and this is what you get fuckers. So (laughs) thanks mom. Thanks mom. No, I can't, I can't continue to blame my parents for my bullshit my entire life. (laughs) I've just come to accept that that's, that's the origin of this. That's where this all fucking happened. I I recognize why you act the way you do, but not, place blame because of it exactly exactly i'm 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 over yeah. that i know where it comes from you know huh? so and that's been that the was, same way man yeah yeah so i'm sorry to hijack your fucking good pop, no it's pop, fine Neil. yes so skin wars is a taste it um if you like body painting uh it's it's kind of fun to see these things if you hate reality TV. It's something you just got to deal with. <laughs> oh man, I, I you know I I love reality TV. Sometimes I absolutely love it. It's a guilty. Nah, it's not even a guilty pleasure. Fuck it, I love it. I used to watch all the fucking uh, Brett Michaels show. I used to watch Flavor yes. of Love. I used, you know what I mean. All that shit. I knew it's fake. I know it's all fake. I don't give a fuck. I still loved it. I still watched the Storage Wars. I watched the Canadian version on fucking uh, Netflix <laughs> of Storage Wars. And I know that they put fucking shit in those lockers that's bullshit. I still love it. It's and Pawn Stars. I watched that crap too. Christ. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I watched uh, on Netflix, I watched Altered Carbon Resleeved. Have either of you watched the first or second season of Altered Carbon? 
No, I need to get on that. I've heard such good things about the first season. First season's amazing. Neil, is this something that you've uh, checked out? I watched the first season. I've seen the first two episodes of the second season. I haven't started the second season. Second season also stars Anthony Mackie, which we talked about earlier. He was in uh, The Banker. Haven't started the second season yet. Kind of scared to after what, like, kind of like the reactions that I've heard. I've heard some people love it. And then I've heard other people that were big proponents of season one, uh, with Joel Kinnaman are like not as like high on season two as they were on season one. I don't one. think it's nearly as good as the first one. Uh, I love the first season i thought it was really inventive and fun and interesting and this doesn't seem like it has the same creative drive behind it gotcha well check this out altered carbon resleeved uh released this week and it's an animated version of altered carbon on the planet latimer takeshi kovacs must protect a tattooist while investigating the death of a yakuza boss alongside a no-nonsense uh, no nonsense CTAC. Uh, this is an anime based on the Netflix series made by Dai Sato, who produced Cowboy Bebop. The events in the film take place between seasons one and season two of the live action Netflix series Altered Carbon. Uh, I really had been looking forward to this show. More so probably than season two after the reactions I've heard. Let me start off by saying the animation is spectacular. And then when you start this, it is, it doesn't hold back. This is fucking, the animation is gorgeous. And the action is just fast paced, bloody, gory, amazingly choreographed and directed. And when I talk about gory, I'm talking about, like, you know, people wielding swords and slicing dudes in half vertically to where, like, one half of them goes one way, the other half goes the other way. (laughs) And you're just watching blood splatter, man. This is fucking, like, it's very cool. This tattooist that they're protecting, it's a young girl, um... And if you're not familiar with Altered Carbon, I, it's hard to explain. I'll, I'll do my best here. But basically, humanity is advanced in technology so much that you don't have to die. Your consciousness can be stored on what's called a stack, which is kind of like a, like a hard drive or something like that. And they take that and they put it in, uh, in, in a new body, which they call a sleeve. And so if you're rich enough, like you can pretty much live forever and you can choose your sleeve and uh so you can look like or you know have the physicality of anything that you want to in the future it's absolutely crazy it's gotten to a place in the future where like it's almost like uh magic like that we think about magic and fantasy is like almost real and it's obtained through through technology um you've got this tattooist who is she's the tattoo artist for the yakuza and the yakuza have like this uh uh, ceremony where, when they, uh, when the new Yakuza boss is going to become, uh, into power, the old Yakuza boss, uh, the tattoo that she put on them, basically you kind of see like it, uh, that tattoo has some sort of technology in it to where like it, it, it destroys the stack on the Yakuza boss, kills them, and then the new Yakuza boss takes power. 
it's a wild yeah. thing that they're throwing out there this in this uh, in this movie. And it feels like I, I watch this, and it feels like they have plans to do other animated movies that will move forward this story, um, just like the uh, just like the live live action version. This is uh, I fucking loved Altered Carbon Resleeved. I like. I don't know about season two, but like this animated movie is like an hour and 20 minutes. It's an absolute Tupperware. Animation is gorgeous. The voice acting's top notch. It's very good. The story's fantastic. Um, the action, the gore, the blood, it's, it's amazing. I loved this. Um, very like, yeah, very kind of like Asian influenced, especially like with the Yakuza here. And you see people that are trying to, you know, kill the tattoo artist and they, they're, they're dressed up and almost kind of like this futuristic kind of like samurai shogun type of armor that they've got on. It's, it's very fucking cool. And you've got two different people that are protecting this girl. One is a female, uh, uh, CTAC, um, employee. I don't know what you would call it. She's, she's a member of the CTAC. And then the other is, uh, Takeshi Kovacs, uh, coming into his new sleeve and, um, trying to protect this tattoo. I Tupperware the fuck out of this. Watch this one. Definitely watch this one. Uh, Joe, you haven't seen any of this. No. And I was going to ask, would, would you have to have seen the first season before you jump into this? Watch season one. Yes. Watch okay, season cool. one, and then, I mean, there are there are some websites out there that there's a lot of science tem- terminology that's used in the show that is specific to the show, like sleeves and stacks and stuff that you might want to research as well while you're watching season one that might help you a little bit more to understand it. It's something that I had posted on Facebook, you know, years ago when the first season came out. Uh, some of the terminology behind the show, you'll probably be able to find some of that information maybe on Wikipedia or like fandom.com for the fandom page for Altered Carbon or something like that. But like this, I like it, Joe, it look, the universe that they live in is very like Blade Runner inspired. It looks like Blade Runner, but there's like all these new sets of rules with like stacks and sleeves and like the 1% that lives in this future society. It's fucking incredible, dude. I loved that first season. The anime expounds upon that. I'm dragging my feet on season two because I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. But I, yeah, I watched season two, the first two episodes when I when it dropped, and I haven't gone back to it. That sucks. Uh, yeah, it, it's just not compelling to me. All right, all right. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, season one's been on my radar forever. So yeah, I'll probably check that out within the next couple weeks. Check it the fuck out, dude. Super because good. yeah, it's super fucking good. Joel Kinnaman, who's also in For All Mankind who is like one of the brighter spots of the first Suicide Squad movie is in it. And he is, fu- he's also in the killing. If you watch that on AMC, did I know you, a lot of people love it. Did you watch that. that, Brian? I never watched the killing. My ex-girlfriend would watch it all the time and say, it's a great show. I know it finished up it on Netflix, good. but I never, I never watched it. Yeah, I watched the first season of that. It was really, really good. Uh, I watched big time adolescence on Hulu. 
Yeah, I watched that one too. You did. A suburban teenager comes of age under the destructive guidance of his best friend, an aimless college dropout. This is written and directed by Jason Orley in his directorial debut, and it stars Griffin Gluck as Monroe, as Moe. Griffin Gluck sounds like a fucking Stan Lee character. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Um, Pete Davidson as Zeke, uh, Sydney Sweeney, Colson Baker, uh, John Cryer's in this one. Um, it starts out basically with the main character, Mo. The movie starts with him getting arrested while he's in class at school. And then the rest of the movie kind of like we get the story behind that. What led up to that moment? And we find out that Mo, his older sister, is dating Zeke, who's played by Pete Davidson. And Mo is nine, around nine at that time. And Pete Davidson's character is probably like 16 or so. And so he's older and Mo thinks he's cool. Kate ends up breaking up with Zeke. But Zeke stays friends with Mo, so we got a 16-year-old hanging out with a 9 or 10-year-old. And so he's always hanging out with Zeke and these older guys. And he drinks, but he doesn't, like, you know, smoke pot or do anything like that. And he mostly stays out of trouble. But he doesn't have, like, any friends his own age at school, so he's not real popular. And then he goes to, like, one of the popular kids' parties, and another kid there knows that he knows older kids and can probably get beer, and then convinces him to get beer. And he also brings some drugs that he got from Zeke, who's not a drug dealer per se. He just has access to drugs. And so then Mo, being the guy that's providing the beer and the drugs at the party, starts to get popular. And um, you can kind of see, like I talked about at the beginning of the movie, it shows him getting arrested. You can kind of like put those things together. There's a lot of things going on within this movie, though. Uh, kind of like a coming-of-age film. I think the movie is super funny. It's charming it has some really great lessons about growing up and how some people don't grow up which is like the title of the fucking movie big time adolescence but some people don't and like sometimes like you outgrow these friends and even if they're older than you like if they're not moving forward in their life and and you 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 don't see them the same way that you saw them when you first met them like you know, I don't know if you've ever run back into like one of those friends like from high school and they're just like they're the same fucking person that they were in high school and you're just like, Oh my god, I just can't relate to this person anymore, like I've moved on or whatever. So like even the the people that you thought were super cool, like Joe, I wanna get your thoughts, but like that's what I was thinking about that and I'm not really spoiling any I was thinking about that scene with Ricky when he got in the car and they were hot boxing. You know? Yeah. I was thinking like Zeke's cool guy at one time was Ricky. Yeah. And Mo is looking at this like, oh my God, I can't believe 
that I ever thought you were fucking cool. Like, I don't know. What did you think about I love this movie. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. What did you think? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I'm going to give it a Tupperware as well. And for me, this movie's just struck really close to home. This was what my high school experience was like. Um, when I was a freshman in high school, a lot of my really good friends were seniors. And I hung out with that crowd enough that I was actually pulled into the administrative office one day. And the principal pulled me aside and was really concerned with the fact that I was a freshman and almost all my friends were seniors. Mm. Uh, the school thought that that was really fucked up and they thought I was going to end up getting in a lot of trouble. And I almost did. Um, and so watching this movie, like I just saw so much of myself in Mo and 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 the things that he was going through, the things that he was being exposed to at a young age that he really wasn't ready for and the way that he had to cope with it and – you know, to this day, I don't I don't really like going back to the small town that I grew up in just because a lot of the stupid mistakes that I made when I was an adolescent, you know, it's a small town that small towns have long memories and that stuff sticks around. And so, man, especially as we got into the the, the latter half of the third or the second arc and then the, the, the third the third act of this movie, like <laughs> I didn't expect to have the the reaction to it the, that I did, and man, it's just it just brought up so much stuff from my past where I was like, this started off as this was the movie that I had on while I was folding laundry, and by the time we got to the end of the movie, I was no longer folding laundry, and I was sitting in a chair just like <laughs> wrapped up in this movie, and just being like so invested in the choices this kid was making. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I know it's a fictional work, but man, I'm so empathetic with this character. And I'm like, no, don't do this. And, and yeah, do that. And, and I love the way it wrapped up, it, especially the, the, the scene where he sees Zeke for the last time at the end of the movie and then how everything's yeah. left off after that. It was really powerful. No, I know. I know it sounds like we're just like, oh, it's so dramatic. But like, there's funny fucking moments in this movie, too. It's Pete Davidson, for crying out loud, who's like, you know, a cast member on Saturday Night Live. So like, it's very funny as well. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it, it really shows this lesson of this is what can happen if if your hobby is just partying. And shit, and and you never have that thing that that switches you over from that party brain to, okay, now I'm an adult right. and I have to put away childish things, yeah. at, at least some level, and attempt to participate in society. And and Zeke's character has just never gotten to that point, but most still too young to see it. I mean, he's taking his shitty ass advice with relationships. He gets talked into selling weed at this party when he doesn't want to do it. And it's like you, throughout this movie, you just see all of these things get piled up on Mo. And finally there's the one straw that breaks the camel's back at the end of it. And then he kind of sees the light after that. And man, for at least for me, this movie struck home enough to where it had a, a really emotional tie for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, uh, I really enjoyed this one as well. I thought John Cryer was, was, uh, was, <laughs> was really good as the dad. He didn't get enough screen time, but like every time he was there, like I felt like he really made every scene that much better. 
to see him in this movie. I, 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 I like John Cryer quite a bit in this one. I think he added like a little bit of comedy and he just wasn't like that typical, like, I don't know, bullshit dad that we get in some of these. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, this guy's career is really like a fine, is aging like a fine wine. Um, like the the stuff I saw him doing on the CW where he was portraying Lex Luthor was really amazing as well. Oh god! So gl- yeah. glad to see him, you know, still getting out there and kicking ass. He can do anything the f- he can do anything he fucking right? wants after three and a half men or two and a half men or whatever <laughs> the fuck it was called. That movie's yeah, got the money. That fuck, I mean, yeah. He's got the fucking acting chops, man. I mean, it, it, yeah. you know, it's it's too bad that that show blew up the way it did. I mean, it, it's his bank account's not feeling the same way. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that guy, that dude's a legit actor. Like, he's got real chops, and he did do a really good job in this movie. Well, Two and a Half Men was huge for the longest time back when it was like Sheen, <laughs> and like it it did well when Kutcher was still on. But like, I don't know, he made a fuck ton of money there, so. Yeah, I think Cryer's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't crying. Did you guys watch the um, upload trailer? Yeah. This is from Greg. Yeah. Yeah, this is from Greg Daniels. He's the uh, the guy behind The Office and Parks and Rec. And it's a new sci-fi comedy, and it's coming to Amazon Prime. It focuses on an app developer named Ray- Nathan, played by uh, Robbie Amell. Uh, who has been in uh, a horrific accident and in this future world needs to choose between surgery and dying only to have his consciousness uploaded into a virtual afterlife. So it kind of reminds me of like, I, we talked about altered carbon, but it also kind of reminds me of like the Black Mirror episode San, San Junipero. Um, yeah. But like with a comedy twist here, uh, Nathan chooses the latter and is placed in a fantasy world where he has everything at his disposable uh, disposal from the ability to own a talking dog to eating anything he wants as long as he has the money for an in-app purchase. So, yeah, uh, the series will follow Nathan as he gets used to living in the ritzy afterlife community of Lakeside, where his girlfriend Ingrid uh, and her family have purchased a space. Um, he also has to contend with a burgeoning relationship with a customer support representative named Nora, who develops feelings for the newly deceased man. So, yeah, it st- stars Andy Allo, Robbie Amell, and Kevin Bigley. Um, this is going to be a 10 episode series. It's going to drop on Amazon Prime on May 1st. What did you guys think about this trailer? I'll start with you, Neil. Uh, I really liked it. I'll definitely give it a high taste for the trailer itself. I'm very intrigued by the show. Uh, and Greg Daniels has made two of my favorite comedies ever. Um, and this show. It seems like it's going to kind of continue on the tradition of Good Place, that 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 style, of, you know, an afterlife show with a with a comedy bent, and it seems like it's going to be pretty good. Um, so I'm definitely super intrigued to actually check this out when it drops. I think Robbie Amell is better. He's a better actor, and I love Steven. I think Steven's great, but I think Robbie Amell's better from what I've seen. Yeah, I do too. And he did he did like a romance comedy or something. I don't. I think it may did it go to theaters. I can't remember. He was really fucking good in it, and it was um, what's the girls who played Anne from um, 
Arrested Development. I feel like it was a romance comedy with her in it. Oh. I'll, uh, I'll look it up. Joe, what did you think about this? Yeah, I'm on a high taste this one, too. Uh, I love the concept. Uh, the the virtual afterlife thing. The the first time I saw this, it was in a, a science fiction novel by Frederick Pohl, where this woman had created this um, a virtual reality for people that had passed on called Ever After. And the way that it ties into this Frederick Pohl series of books is really, really awesome. And so that concept's always stuck with me. And so right when this trailer started off and I saw it was going to be that, but with, with the comedic bend to it, I was uh, uh, immediately on board with it. Um, a lot of really good possibility in this. I, I like that. I like the relationship angle that they put into it, that he's spending enough time talking to the customer service representative that they're <laughs> going to start to have a relationship. Yeah. Um, the comedic beats that were in the trailer looked really good. Uh, I, d- I didn't catch what service is going to be on, though. Amazon Prime. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it'll be on Amazon all, uh, what, yeah, 10 episodes. All 10 episodes will be available May 1st. Oh, nice. And the movie I was thinking of with Robbie Amell, it came out in 2015. It was called The Duff, and it does star the actor that was uh, Anne in Arrested Development, Mae Whitman. And Robbie Amell, and it's called The Duff, and it is funny. It is a very Her? good... What's that? Her? Who? What? You know, and her? Oh, God. Okay. All right. Over my head, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, Neil. Yeah. Yeah, her. Way <laughs> to play it, Dan. Uh, the Duff. Have you guys seen The Duff? It's really fucking funny. No. I haven't seen it. I, I kind of remember the trailers for it, though. I remember the title. It's really good. You should watch The Duff. I'm going to see if it's streaming anywhere. People need to watch The Duff. Everybody's fucking, we're all fucking locked down. This is nuts. I can't believe, I've never seen anything like this in my entire fucking life. Yeah, yeah like this nuts. Happened. Yeah, not in modern times. Not in our anyway. lifetimes. It's insane. Oh my god. At first I was like, are we overreacting as a society? And then, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, think, same here, man. Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was, you know, people being overly cautious, but then started really sinking home that this is a real thing that we have to be really, really careful about. Mm-hmm. You can, if you have direct TV, I guess you can stream it for free, but if you, the Duff, if you want to watch the Duff, it's $1.99 on Redbox, people. You can, uh, you can watch it. And Redbox stream, they have a streaming service. You don't have to go to that little fucking uh, vending machine bullshit they got. <laughs> You don't have to do that. I was just about to ask if they had a streaming service. They do. They do. And actually, I love the Redbox streaming service. Like, over the summer, they had, like, a, a thing where you could earn Redbox points. And, like, they would ask you a question about a movie. And if you answered it, you'd get points. And you could use those points for free rentals. And I don't know. I had fun with it. I did it every day. <laughs> it's- I, I could use some of that now with this lockdown red box. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about uh, two shows real quick that I watched just the first episodes on. 
and then I'm going to pass it off to, to Joe. Did you have anything left for good pop, bad pop? Yeah, I got a couple other things. Right on. I'm going to talk about two things here real quick. I watched Feel Good on Netflix. Have you guys heard about Feel Good? No. Nope. Have you heard about Tony, Tony, Tony when he says, you know, it feels good to know that you're there. <laughs> you know, it feels good to know that. And you remember that song? <laughs> Do you remember Tony? Remember Tony, 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 Tony. Keep singing it. Keep singing it. You know, it feels good <laughs> to know that you're there. You know, it feels good to know that you're there. <laughs> it feels good, baby, baby, we want to hear you say, ooh, ooh, baby. That's part of the song. You've never heard You've never heard that. You've never heard that Tony, Tony, Tony song? I remember the band. I just don't remember specifically any of their songs. Oh my god, Tony, Tony, Tony! As you millennials, weren't they all, weren't they all spelled differently too? It was. It was yes. like T O N I T O N E T O N. I don't know, Tony. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I don't want to do this survey. Just okay. <laughs> skip survey. Here he Oh God damn it! I want to play. To- I want to play. Feels good. Yeah, it's called Feels Good. Does it become dance easier for you? Play the record once a day or as needed. Ah, uh, this is welcome to the '90s, millennials. <laughs> you may have been born in the '90s, but you don't remember the '90s. So knock it off. Hey. I was born in the 80s, now I'm a millennial. Ah, this song. This takes me back, man. This takes me back to... Ah. Yeah, it takes me back to when I was uh, 14 and jerking off in my bathroom. And that felt good. (laughs) (laughs) It sure feels good to me. Oh man, my parents remember those long showers back then. Our son, they were really proud of their son who wanted to stay very clean. Oh, listen to that. The sweet, sweet sounds of Tony, Tony, Tony. Right now, it, Back in 19, what is it, 1991, 92, I'm wearing Z Cavaricci shirt. I'm probably wearing Z Cavaricci pants. Maybe a bum equipment shirt. Probably wearing some Reebok pumps. Listen to that sexual sound. Alright, sorry. Alright. It's uh it's something to listen to when you're on lockdown. Listen to Feels Good by Tony Tony Tony. It does feel good. It oh, god damn it, I can't believe it. you is that is that a, is that, is that a revelation to you? They don't play that on the radio <laughs> anymore. There's a, there's a lot of shit that they don't fucking play anymore. Who listens to the radio? I do, I suppose, but Oh, the ads fucking make me angry, so I had to give up terrestrial radio a long time ago. Yeah. 
I don't know. For work, I just I, I drive around. I got a work vehicle and I listen to the radio. So, I don't know. Tony, 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 do it, <laughs> do it. Anyway, what? Do, how the fuck did I start talking about that? <laughs> Oh, it, it, uh, this show, sometimes it feels like I get blackout drunk and I like wake up somewhere. I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> anyway, I watch Feel Good. Oh, that's how. That's how. <laughs> I watch Feel Good on Netflix. Uh, I watched the first episode. It's a, it's a six episode series. It's on Netflix. The first episode was like 23 minutes. I don't know how long the other episodes are. Maybe around the same time. You could probably knock this out in a fucking afternoon. The series follows recovering addict and comedian May, who is trying to control the addictive behaviors and intense romanticism that permeate every facet of her life. It stars May Martin as May and Charlotte Ritchie as George. And so um, you've got a stand-up comedian, May, and she's single. She's in uh, recovery from drug addiction, and she's sleeping on a friend's sofa. And then she meets this uh, woman whose name is George, typically not a woman's name, but that's this woman's name. Her name's George. And she was, before this, she was heterosexual, and now she's in her first uh, gay relationship with uh with may they just hit it off um george has been going to may's comic sh- uh comedian shows uh her performances for like the last three times and eventually strikes up the courage to talk to her they end up uh talking and then that talk becomes their first date and then they it's just kind of like this wild kind of like romance that they have and then from there she finds out that May is a recover, this comedian is a recovering drug addict. And it kind of turns into like this, that first episode, it felt like she just wants to know more about like, how serious is this? How serious was your drug addiction? I just want some answers. Like I'm in a relationship with you. I love you. I've said I love you. I just want to know more about your fucking addiction. Just let me in. And May just like is like, oh, I'm fully recovered. I don't need to talk about this and pushing her away. So on the flip side, it's like, you know, May just doesn't want to talk about it. it she feels like it's over. She doesn't have she doesn't uh, have those cravings anymore. She's she's uh, gotten over it, her addiction. And then George is like. Wants to just know more about it. She wants to know more about it. And so it's almost like, um, uh, she's coming down on May and stirring up all these like emotions and, and things like that. Um, I, I really liked this fucking show. I thought it was really good. I can't wait to continue to watch this one. Um, May is a, like I said, stand-up comedian. We get to see part of her act. And then she's even funnier offstage, uh, than she is while she's on stage, which is crazy. Um, she compares her look to Bart Simpson at one point in time, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> she makes other jokes that are absolutely hysterical, um, throughout that first episode. And it's only 20 minutes. It's very packed. It's packed. It's packed with a lot of stuff. I, I, 
it's six episodes. I'm going to finish it. I'll give it a Tupperware for the first episode, and I would highly recommend everybody start this one. It's called Feel Good, and I think it's originally – it's a British – I think they consider it a British comedy. A lot of the characters are British, but May is Canadian, so I guess it's like a tandem – Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> We're American. We don't know nothing. <laughs> Canadians closer to French, Neil. Well, parts of Canada. Montreal. Back. I, I yeah. know. I but then know. you got British Columbia. I mean, that's pretty damn British. Listen to you, Geography Master Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched another show called The Letter for the King. Have you guys heard about The Letter for the King? No. It's on Netflix. This just recently dropped. The young knight in training contends with ancient prophecies, magical powers, and fickle companions as he sets out on an epic quest to save his kingdom. That quest to deliver a secret message to the king after it's given to him by a dying man. Uh, it's inspired by the classic Dutch novel, De Brief voor de Koning, by Tonki Drak. I think I said everything there correctly. Oh, that one. If I didn't, <laughs> what the fuck ever. I'm not Dutch. I apologize. <laughs> um, you've got, <laughs> hmm, excuse me. I think I just, I think I just contracted Corona. Um, <laughs> you've got, you've got a young, you've got a young boy. He's 15 years old and, uh, his mother, uh, his real father don't know who the fuck he was. But uh, she remarried. She remarried a guy. I think he's like a knight or some shit. And uh, so now this 15-year-old kid is uh, competing to become a knight. They go through these challenges. And, uh, yeah, he goes through this fucking knighthood thing. And uh, his stepdad fucking basically, I'll spoil a little bit of this one. The stepdad pays off one of the other competitors in this so that the kid can become a knight because he doesn't want this kid to fucking disgrace him because even though he's not his blood kid not blood relative you know he's still he still you know married the mom and and raised this fucking kid anyway this kid he's not suited for knighthood he's not he physicality wise he's not there he's not strong but he's mentally strong and he's also, there's this other thing where like he keeps hearing like these whispers and things like that. So I think like, I think this kid uh, possesses some sort of like a magic ability. Well, there are these two countries they've been warring for ages. Well, this one like evil ruler basically ended the war and has taken over like both of these countries now. And so there's a prophecy that someone will come along and, and, um, and, uh, and, and, and stop him. Um, and it's probably this fucking kid, right? You know? So, uh, anyway, there's like this letter to the king, this special letter that needs to be delivered to the king. This kid intercepts it from this dying man, and it's his mission to take this fucking horse and take this letter to the king. I don't know what's in the letter. Have no fucking clue what's in the fucking letter. I guess we'll find out when you watch this fucking series. <laughs> <laughs> you know 
what? You know what? It, it, I liked it. I'm going to give it a high taste. That I enjoyed. I'm going to continue to watch this. To be quite honest with you, I thought it was fun. You know, fantasy swords. You know, I liked. You it. said this was yeah. a Netflix show. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's called The Letter for the King. A lot of people are pissing and moaning about this one on IMDb because, like, they, I guess they read the Dutch novel and they're like, they love that Dutch novel and now they're like, eh, Netflix, you fucked up my Dutch novel. And I, dude, I haven't read the Dutch novel. All I've seen is the first fucking episode and it's entertaining enough. Like, this is not, it's not Lord of the Goddamn Rings. All right. But it's fun. It's fun and I'm going to continue to watch this one. So I'll give it a high taste. And I think it, I don't know how many episodes it is. I could throw out a number. I'll probably be wrong. I could lie. I could lie. Yeah, it's eight episodes. <laughs> I have, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> I could say it with confidence. Yeah. yeah it's eight episodes. Fourth, fourth episode's 46 minutes long. I have no idea. I'm making shit up. <laughs> I'm lying right now. It's called The Letter for the King. I would recommend it. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. If you've read the fucking book, don't watch it. Because you're going to be one of these people on IMDb giving it like a 2 out of 10 or a 1 out of 10 and saying it didn't live up to the book and all this shit. But I, I enjoyed it. If you like, you know, swords and sandals and magic and fantasy, uh, The Letter for the King, I think, is... Uh, it's. Uh, you know, I don't. If you watched Merlin on NBC years ago, it's kind of like the same kind of thing, I guess. I liked it. Ooh. Did you like that? I watched the first episode of Merlin, and I decided never to watch it again. Yeah, try this one. Try this one. I mean, maybe Merlin's not the best comparison. I liked it. Okay, my stomach's growling. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Right now. Yeah, I don't know. This episode's terrible. Oh my god, it's all over the place. It's all, I don't That's even. That's what's great about it. Don't, no, don't try to make things better. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like that supportive family member I never had. <laughs> it's my job, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not used to it. It makes me, it makes me weird. Just say something. <laughs> It makes me feel weird. Just say something shitty. Be my mother. Just say something shitty. Tell it. <laughs> you should have eaten properly earlier today, Brian. Yeah, tell me why I'm not good enough, Mom. That's what I'm used to. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Joe, Joe, what else you got, man? Yeah, I watched uh, the season three premiere for Westworld on HBO. I have not watched that yet. And it's that's bizarre because I used to do a podcast about Westworld. (laughs) (laughs) I I know, I'm borderline disappointed. (laughs) I watched it too, Joe. Nice. Well, yeah, so what's what's you know what here's another thing. Here's another thing. I'm gonna blow your fucking dick off. I used to do a podcast about Legion. Haven't even watched an episode of Legion season three yet. Whole season's done. Whole season, whole season's done. Haven't started season three. Yeah, right. Westworld. Go ahead, Joe. Content out there, dude. No, this is also wasn't Legion season two kind of wacky. I haven't gotten around to that one yet. Oh, it's well, season one, season two. They're all wacky as fuck. Who knows what the fuck? 
I don't even. I really enjoyed season one. It was fucking good. It was great. It was great. I think. I think uh, Legion, like uh, FX, should have like uh, like should have sent out a poll. Like, are you going to watch Legion? And then, like, when people said yes, they just send them uh, LSD in the mail. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Here's your. That's here's basically your, Legion season two. Yeah. Here's your. Here's your companion for uh, throughout Ooh. Legion. LSD. There you go. Joe Westworld season three. <laughs> yeah, the season three premiere was uh I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. I really like the direction it's going. Uh this is one of those shows where each progressive season's been different from the last, and it has to just because of the way that these plots go. Uh there's so much that happens that moves the story forward. For instance, the second season of Westworld is so drastically different from the first. Well, I mean, that's it had to. There's no other. There's no other way to do the second season, and so this is to me is the logical progression of where this show's going. And in this third season, they're bringing in a new character named Caleb that's played by Aaron Paul, um, and his his character in this is really really cool. It's this whole first season or this whole first episode is really laying out what's going on back in, you know, what they've referred to so far as the real world. And we got Dolores that's coming in and, um, she wants, you know, she wants to take over this new world and we're kind of seeing her first steps along in her plan to do that. And we get to catch up with Bernard and see where he's at right now as well. And uh, the all the stuff that they're showing in in this futuristic city setting, and the way that that technology is woven its way into the um, you know people's daily lives is is really incredible. Um, Neil, what did you think of this one? I, I really really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fresh, and it was as you said, it, it was a logical progression of where the show was going to go next. Um, did you stick around for the post credit scene? Yes, I did. And that was yeah. really cool because the, the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, okay, where is this character? I, I see her yeah. name in the credits. Where is she? Yeah. And, and that was really, really cool. Oh, seeing that. I'm so it, excited it, for that. <laughs> it, it, it makes you wonder how much time are they going to spend in that world? Is that something that she's going to quickly find her way out of um, because when it showed, you know, all the, the clips of what's to come in the season, mm-hmm. um, man, the story for this third season just sounds really, really good. I got a question um, for you. Is Do you really think that they're in the real world or do you think that she's, they're just in another part of the park future world? Like future world? Yeah. That's interesting. That's really and there's actually kind of, there's kind of a scene in this in this premiere also that that touches on that as well with people questioning their reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't watched the episode yet, but like even before the season started and they showed like that that first trailer, I was like, uh, are they really in the real world or have they just or are they just being tricked again and they're actually in future world? I mean, yeah. I- with the Aaron Paul stuff, it seems like an actual real world. Um, just because of how kind of gritty it is and how it's not a fantasy for his character at all. Uh, um, so that that's what leads me to believe it might be in their real world. Okay. Um, just because, he, I mean, he's not enjoying his life. 
<laughs> so it doesn't seem like he's a park goer of any kind. Uh, yeah. I did. I also did like to see uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and what's her name? Um, shit. She's uh, the uh, woman who plays Marshawn's partner. Oh, I, I don't remember her character's name in it, but she was pretty cool. Uh, she, that actor, she was in uh, Ready Player One. Oh, uh, Lena Waithe. So, Lena Waithe. Yes, yes. She's Lena the, Waithe, yeah. She, Lena Waithe is not only uh, an, an amazing actor, but she's also a showrunner, a director for uh, Showtime's The Shy. She is very talented. Yeah, she's great. I love her. Uh, she was great on the uh, uh, Aziz Ansari show. Masters of did. None? Yeah. Master yeah. of None? Is this yeah. the show where we can't think of any shows or any actors' names? <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently, right? <laughs> yeah, that one person that was in that one thing. That's what I should title this fucking episode. <laughs> I, love yeah. you. I fucking love you guys. You have no idea. <laughs> I love you too. Man. I, I love both you guys. I seriously, I, you know, I fucking, I bust balls, but my god, I fucking, I'm talking to two of my, and I feel like I didn't get to spend as much time with you guys at C2E2 as I wanted to. Yeah, agree. I always feel like that, dude. Yeah. Especially me. I every time I dip in, it's only for one day, and it's never enough time. Yeah, no. yeah. It's not enough, Joe Stark or Lindsay. <laughs> uh, Lindsay yeah, we had too. so much fun hanging out with you guys this year. Yeah. Ah, uh, so Westworld, Brian. One of the things that you're really going to dig in this season mm-hmm. is that uh, Aaron Paul's character, like Neil touched on, he's not having a good time. Um, he's he's having a rough go of it you know life's kind of kicking his ass and one of the things that he does to make money is he has an app on his phone that's basically a crime app and it so put me in mind of uh the the comic book crowded where people can go on and and fucking you know pay on an app to murder somebody well in in this there's all sorts of different crimes and there's all sorts of different levels of crimes so the person using the app can determine just how harsh of a criminal act they want to do and like the 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 deeper you get into it the more it pays you and so we see aaron paul's character do several minor crimes in this just to make money see that sounds like that sounds like a future world experience that you would pay it for. It does after you say that. <laughs> I think I, I, it's one of those things where if he's in it, he doesn't know it. Yeah. At least from, from what's shown in this first yeah. episode. And, yeah. and the other thing that's interesting about this in comparison to, to the other two seasons is there didn't seem to be any sort of like time, time stuff going on in this where, um, th- this feels no. like it's more of a linear storytelling, Thank whereas, God. you know, in the first season, in the second season, yeah. there's time flashes that they don't tell you about. So you don't know when, when, what's, you know, what time period things and certain characters are happening and interacting in, yeah. which added to the, the confusion and also some of the delight to the show as well. I mean, yeah. it added a lot of really good mystery to it. But for this, for this opening episode of season three, it didn't seem like there was any of that. Did you catch any of that, Neil? I didn't, and uh, but but because there's so much separation between like Bernard and um, Evan Rachel Wood, Dolores, that's very true. 
we don't know if they're taking place at the same time. They, I mean, again, they're they're leading you to believe it's taking place at the same time, but we don't actually know that because those could be separated by years. Even we don't we don't know. Wow. I had not considered that. That is a really good point. Um, I'm, but I'm, I'm very, very intrigued by this season. It, it looks like it, the production value value is as high as always, and yeah. the story writing, the, the storytelling is really, really compelling. Uh, I think Aaron Paul is a great addition to this. He, he's, he did an incredible job that first episode. I, uh, I'm watching this first thing tomorrow. Like, do it. Yeah. Nice. I didn't, I didn't look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. I did not have enough time to watch it this week because God knows I had to watch human (laughs) capital on video on demand. (laughs) And God forbid I miss, I don't know. I'm trying to make fun of another show. I watched (laughs) (laughs) the letter for the King. God forbid that doesn't get delivered. Um, no, I, I will watch Westworld. I just wanted to watch new content this week. Did you see, uh, viewership was down 57% from last season's premiere on HBO for Westworld's season three, but it's still even, it still had more viewership than, um, I think, what was it? Uh, Watchmen. I think it even beat up the outsider as well. So, yeah, wow. it's, it's still doing great numbers. It's just not, not as great. Not as great as, yeah, yeah. Cause Westworld, that season one premiere was just huge. So big dip, big dip. And I think it's their own fault. I mean, season two, I love season one. I think it's perfection, but season, season two, I think like, I think they were influenced so much by the Redditors. Yeah. People on Reddit that were speculating and figuring things out before the show, you know, before episodes aired. And they were influenced so much by the Redditors that they tried to make season two, like, you know, like basically to the point they made it to where like no one could guess what anything was going to happen. And it, <laughs> That's the fucking truth. To the sh- yeah, seriously, <laughs> yeah, to the show's detriment. And they got to understand, yeah. like, not everybody's on Reddit. Yeah, because I know Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are on Reddit. They've done AMAs on Reddit. Like, they are very aware of Reddit. They just need to stay away from it. Most of your casual viewers are not on Reddit. Who don't don't fucking make a season that's anti Reddit that's Reddit proof. Yeah, just make a don't give in to the the nerds. Exactly, just make a great <laughs> season. Hopefully, they're back to that this season. I don't know. And, I know they they Jonathan. Oh, go ahead. Jonathan Nolan directed this first episode too. Okay, I know that the. Mm, a lot of the media has been given access to the first four episodes and I've heard it's, it's a mixed bag. A lot of people are not happy with it. A lot of people say, yeah, it's, it starts off great. And then it starts to veer back into season two bullshit. Uh, 
Um, so we'll see where this season goes. I unfortunately don't have access to HBO screeners, but I do get access to fucking screeners like the movie Butt Boy. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Like I, I can't, like I want Netflix screeners and HBO screeners and Hulu screeners and FX screeners so bad, but I get fucking Butt Boy. <laughs> I get a, I get, I get screeners to a movie called Butt Boy. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's a brilliant title. Almost as good as turkey tits. Joe, if you want to watch Butt Boy, I'll send you the fucking link. I'll send you the goddamn link. I don't care. I think I have I think I have a link that's good for fifteen views. So if you want to watch Butt Boy, just let me know. I'll send you I'll send you the link to Butt Boy. I, I'm a, you know, sleep on and, it. and I, I can't I can't talk about movie. I can't talk about butt boy because I'm embargoed until next week. So I can't talk about butt boy. My thoughts on <laughs> butt boy. I'm embargoed till next week, so you'll get you'll get my full review on butt boy next week, everybody. <laughs> be nice to tell everybody oh yeah i've watched the first you know few episodes of fucking westworld but instead it's like hey tune in next week where i give you my full thoughts on butt boy (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) you're gonna spike in your listenership on that one oh i know I know. Those butt boy fans. Oh man, <laughs> Joe. What else you got? What else you got? Then we're gonna go, gotta go to break here soon. Christ. Sure. Um, another HBO show. I also watched the first episode of The Plot Against America. I watched the first maybe twenty thirty minutes of this one. This is like a. It's kind of like an Elseworld story as far as like U.S. history, where. In. You're following this Jewish family and then the presidential election, we get a different president. Like what's going on here, Joe? Yep. So this is taking place before uh, U.S.'s involvement in World War II. And in this kind of alternate reality, Charles Lindbergh becomes a – fascist populist presidential candidate and he's trying to keep the United States out of war and he's saying that the current government administration headed by FDR uh, along with the Jewish people and some other people are trying to drag the United States into this war and it's really kind of fanning the flames of uh, anti-Semitism and that's kind of what's getting him the populist uh, vote on this um, I've I've I wanted to bail out on this a lot throughout the whole thing just because this isn't typically mm. the the sort of stuff that I watch. Um, mostly just because I mean you can tell just from the trailers for this that I mean this family's just going to be doomed. I mean it's going to be going for such a dark, fucked up ride, and you know anything that deals with the atmosphere of hate and stuff in the America in America is you know it's it's going to be. It's going to be heavy to get into, and it's going to be one of these shows that's probably not going to make me feel that great. Um, all that being said, I, I stuck it out, and I watched the entire thing, 
And the way that the first episode ends and then in tandem with the the sneak peek they show you for everything that's going to come in the rest of the season mm-hmm. and how now that stuff has a lot more meaning because you you have a feeling of a lot of these characters now having watched the first episode. And after that, I'd give this first episode a Tupperware. And, no I mean, shit. not only not only incredibly powerful for me, but I'm excited to see. I'm scared, but also excited to see where the rest is going to go. Because, like I said, I mean, I think this family's in for a really dark ride, and a, a lot of the different characters in the family are going to be going in very different directions from where they started off at the beginning of this premiere versus where they are by the end of it, and then what it shows you in the sneak peeks to come. And you know, with this would be a really easy one that that if you were to bring this up on a different show where you could tie it in with present day politics and stuff, you could have a huge conversation on that. So, you know, barring taking us down that road, I'd just say that this series feels timely to say the least in terms of a populist movement and fanning, uh, racial hate and stuff like that in the country. But this alternate reality that this Uh show is going to drag us down is, um, Essentially, it's going to be what would it be like if instead of America doing what it did in World War II, it looks like it's almost going to go the way of what, you know, like Italy did, where they had a fascist leader that didn't disagree with what Adolf Hitler was doing and made his people go along with it, even though, you know, sure, not everybody in Italy was a fascist, but their leader was and their government pushed them that way. And it looks like this series is going to have America going in that same direction, which is fucking frightening because it's it's the complete antithesis of what America is. And when you think of this golden age of America, the greatest generation in World War II and everything, and now this is going to turn that on its head and point it in a different direction. Um, a scary direction, but this sounds, first episode did a good job of setting it up. Sounds fun. Does it? Does it uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It sounds so much fun. <laughs> Did you it's ever watch Man in the Castle? So, no, but I've heard so many good things about it. Okay. Yeah. The but... alternate reality where the, the Nazis won the war. Yeah. Yeah, and the so the West Coast was Japanese and the East Coast was Nazis and the the middle was America. Did the, which is based did, on a book by Philip K. Dick. Did the final season get released? Season five on Amazon? Or is that I don't coming know. Out? I'm a huge fan of the book. I only watched the first season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked it. I, I'm Joe. I watched maybe like the first 15, 20 minutes of this. And then I kind of just turned it off and said, yeah, I'm going to watch some other things. It, like, <laughs> when Nona writers in it, but the way you say, like, if you stick it out to the end, like it'll keep you, I guess, like invest in the show. I'll jump back in on this one. I'll jump back in. I on think this it's. One. I think it's yeah. worth giving the the premiere a full shake. Oh, and, and, I know. and seeing what you think of it. And I love how you brought attention to the fact that we on another show you could talk about everything else because we're not <laughs> we're not we're not political on PCL. No, and and I. Dude, quite honestly, it's probably the smart move. If you're already getting hate mail, just, why fucking bring it? <laughs> no shit. Well, here's the thing. It's like you know, then, then like you have every fucking idiot mouth breather with an opinion fucking writing emails. Then, dude, here's the thing. You know, like 
I follow, I somewhat follow politics, but if we go down those fucking roads, like, I'm gonna say shit that I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. I get drunk on these fucking shows. I'm fucking drunk right now. And so, like, I start talking about <laughs> politics. Who knows what the fuck's gonna come out of my fucking mouth? And then number two, I just want this to be escape from all that fucking bullshit. You yeah. know what I mean? Agreed. God have damn it. one. I just want it to be an escape. I don't want fucking people to have to tune in and fucking listen to this or that or like, yeah. you know, getting on a soapbox and preaching and shit. Jesus Christ. It don't matter what I fucking think at the end of the day. <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter. Who gives a fuck? Just like if I don't care if you're fucking this or that, if you fucking like Marvel's Avengers movies, then let, let's just, you know what I mean? Who gives a fuck? Who yeah. gives a fuck? It's like, you know what I mean? Let's just fuck it. Let's talk about Iron Man. I don't give a fuck yeah. who you support, what you support, whatever. Well, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I feel you, Brian. Yeah. If we can just sit here and talk about fucking Iron Man and Captain America for an hour, if I don't know about like what's going on in your fucking closet, then whatever. Let's just have, let's just fucking have an escape, man. Let's do, yeah. let's have, Calgon, take me away, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> take me away, you silky fucking soap fucking lathering bullshit. <laughs> Oh, shit. Those are weird commercials. <laughs> Calgon, take me away. What kind of fucking trap marriage was that chick in? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of horrible situation was going on in her life where she's begging her fucking body wash to fucking take her away? What's going on in your household? What's going on in your household when your wife is telling your body wash to take her away? What are you, what's not going right in your home? You need Sets to look at that washing machine while it's on the high spin cycle so you take me away. Jesus Christ. No, there's something going on. There's something going on in that household. I think the husband needs to take a look at himself in the mirror and be like, dude, what are you doing? What do you, I, who, is everybody happy in my home? Am I doing everything that I can as a father, as a husband to make people at my home? I got, my wife's over here fucking begging, begging her body wash to take her away. Something's wrong. <laughs> well, if she were to just put it on the top shelf, she could jump for joy. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Anybody got anything else before we fucking wrap up this? Bullshit segment. Move yeah. on. To some have, you, bullshit. have you been watching Hunters? I've I've yes. gotten through three episodes. I haven't gotten to episode four yet. Okay, I've gotten through about five episodes so far. I'm still loving. Okay, it, I'm on though. episode eight. Nice. Yeah, it's really really good. Yeah, it's there was there was a quote in the most recent episode I watched. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. <laughs> I'm more fucked than a sea cucumber at a mermaid orgy. <laughs> it made me crack up so fucking Was that the, hard. He, the the heavy set kid said something like that in episode like three or, or something? Yeah, so it's the main guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. The main character. Yeah, he says it. It to uh, I think he says it to Al Pacino. Well, um, the heavy set <laughs> kid. The heavy set kid that uh, you know. I won't 
yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything right. about him. But he says something like, like that's fishier than a mermaid's vagina at a something orgy, like a fish orgy or something. I don't know. Like a, <laughs> Some of these one-liners are fucking great. Yeah, it's a it's a great fucking show. I need to finish yeah. it. I feel I feel terrible that I haven't gotten through more of that show because it's so I, fucking I, good. I can only watch one episode at a time because there is so much shit that goes on in it. Like yeah. I have to switch to something lighthearted afterwards. Yeah. You know what's dude? Really- I've been the same way with it. I've having a really hard time binging it. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, oh, I love it. I know. It's, it's hard to binge, yeah. I will watch an episode of that and I'm like, God damn it. And then I watch like an episode of Faces of Death and I'm like, now I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to see someone bungee jump with an electric cord. <laughs> oh my God. That was so fake. That fucking bungee cord, like where they jumped off the school and the kid hit. That looks so fake. That episode of that um, movie that uh, I think it was like Faces of Five. <laughs> yeah, I used to rent that shit on fucking VHS when I was in high school. Fucking Faces of Death. You millennials have God, no man. idea what the fuck the I'm Napster talking about right now. I looked a bunch of those up, and that's when I came to the conclusion of there's some shit you can't unsee. Yeah, yeah, Faces of Death. Um, are we good? Are we? Do we have more things? I, I one more I can I can bring up just real quick. Real quick, I Joe. Fi- I, I finally saw Velocipaster. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I thought it was funny. I was giggling nonstop, beginning to end. Nice. Um, I I I'd give it a Tupperware, but uh, if I'm going to compare it to another silly movie, I'd say it's not near as good as Kung Fury. I would say it is I would say it's on par with Kung Fury. Yeah. Kung Fury just goes so much harder in the silliness though. Oh, I love I love Velocipaster and Velocipaster Kung Fury's only 30 minutes and Velocipaster we're getting like over an hour. That is, is true. Yeah. <laughs> I the fucking fight at the end of the though it's great it's so amazing <laughs> i think kung fury kung fury is just more over the top you know what i mean yeah yeah at way over the top way over the top where <laughs> is that still available on netflix uh i know kung fury you can watch for free on youtube okay it's on oh yeah it's still on youtube okay it's still, it was event it was on Netflix at one time, but I think it's always yeah. free on YouTube. I own yeah, the fucking. I happily paid the five dollars to own it. <laughs> I bought. The, I own the Blu-ray because I backed the Kickstarter. Nice. Yeah. So. All I right. can't wait for the sequels on both of them, though. Velocipa- right. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, Michael Fassbender still attached to Kung Fury Two. What? Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's not going to be Kung Fury himself. That they're they're still going to have like the same Swedish actor as Kung Fury. I hope Fury. he's a villain. Yes, me too. Be great. Yeah. Fucking Fassbender as as uh as Hitler? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I think who do they like there's a bunch of big names. I think Schwarzenegger's attached to it as well. Really? I'm not kidding. Oh, I'm shit. I'm dead That'd serious. If you go to IMDb and look up Kung Fury 2, I think I think you'll find that Fastbender and Schwarzenegger are both attached. 
So I don't know. Look it up, and we'll talk about it when we get back on break or something. Yeah, I played it for uh, my kids the other night. They didn't know what the hell to think of it. Oh my god, I. I I have introduced Dan Ramirez from the Heroes of Noise podcast. I told him to watch it, and he watched it, and he fucking loved it. So, yeah. So right now, it's uh, Schwarzenegger is playing the president. Yes. Fastbender is playing Colt Magnum. Uh, Alexander Ship, who played Storm, is going to be in it. And then uh, David Hasselhoff is playing Hoff 9000. Well, he did the music for, you know. Yeah. yeah. I own the, what was it, the soundtrack? I bought that on vinyl. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got the Kung Fury soundtrack on vinyl. Fucking A. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Cool. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, we're back. Hey, when you think about some of the best uh, fucking cliffhangers in cinema history or in television history, what come to mind? What come to mind? I got one. If you guys don't have one, I got one. Shit, go ahead. Yeah. Back to the Future, right? At the end of the Back to the Future, when it, the, uh, when the fucking DeLorean is fucking, it's been, uh, uh, it's been modified to fly, and he's like, where we're going, oh, we, yeah. we don't need roads, and they fight. <laughs> 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 You know, and and you're just like, oh my god! Back in fucking 1985, when you watched that shit, and you didn't know what was going to happen in Back to the Future Part Two, and you were just like, holy shit! You know, you see fucking uh, Doc Brown feeding all that fucking banana peels and garbage into Mister Fusion. You're just like, what the fuck is going? On? He's dressed like a maniac. What's going on? Back yeah. to the Future. What's going? On? Flying DeLoreans. What's going on? Uh, what a cliffhanger, huh? You guys have any cliffhangers? I do. Yeah, what's going uh, on? The end. The final episode of season three of Star Trek: The Next Generation, Best of Proposed Worlds, Part One. I think oh, was a that's great a good cliffhanger. One. Yeah. Where he, you know, Locutus of Borg has mm-hmm. taken. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like one of the best cliffhangers that I've ever seen. Uh, you know, it's one of the worst cliffhangers ever. Cliffhanger. Yeah. No, no, not the movie. The movie is incredible. 
Cliffhanger the movie? <laughs> Fucking Mike. It's based off a true story, too. Babyface Michael Rooker? Fucking his girlfriend falls off the fucking mountain because of that fucking bullshit, you know? That was awesome. That was uh, I, I would say the worst cliffhanger is like, hey, tune in to Pop Culture Leftovers next week where I eat Danish licorice. <laughs> who, the, who the fuck is telling their friends to tune in to episode 326 where I, or I dive into Danish licorice? <laughs> dude, 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 the latest episode he teased that he was going to be eating Danish licorice on the next episode. Gotta listen. You gotta hear this shit, man. Next episode, he's gonna be eating it. He gonna be putting his mouth. He Danish, Danish, Danish licorice balls. Oh, shit. It's gonna happen. It's a bold move for an audio only show. Too. I know, I know, I, I know. How do you do that? How do you You're do- really gonna have to produce extra mouth sounds just to like express this? Oh You're man, eating this licorice. is he is he blowing a guy or is he fucking eating licorice? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> Every oh, once in a while, fun just throwing a. <laughs> Oh. oh man, yeah. How do you sell that? How do you sell eating Danish licorice on an audio-only fucking podcast? ASMR, man, <laughs> ASMR. Oh man, I'm telling you. Anyway, pop culture leftovers news. Where's the fucking bumpers? Christ, here, yeah, news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a lift of a news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Alright, Showtime is free for 30 days now. Did you guys hear about this? No, that's no. cool. Yeah, you can watch Showtime now because of this coronavirus shit going on. You can watch Showtime, you can sign up for it, you get first 30 days for free. So you can watch shows like Shameless, Billions, Ray Donovan, Black Monday, The L Word, Generation Q, The Shy, City on a Hill, Kidding, Jim Carrey. Yeah, City on a Hill. That's Aldous Hodge and fucking Kevin Bacon. Uh, you can watch Work in Progress, Back to Life. Uh, one of my favorites of last year, On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Uh, and you can also watch Escape at Danamora, which is that limited series that they had with uh, Patricia Arquette, Benicio Del Toro, Paul Dano. And you can also watch The Loudest Voice. Uh, so, yeah, Showtime free for 30 days. Uh, you can also watch some stars for free till March 1st, I believe. It's March 1st. You can watch all of Black Sails and Vita. I think it's Vita. You can watch all those series now. You mean April 1st? Maybe. If, uh, is it March now? We're in March now, yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Until April 1st. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows anymore? Time is just a construct. <laughs> yeah, April 1st sounds good. Uh, and then uh, they also, Stars has made a bunch of uh, their first episodes of their shows, uh, original shows like Ash vs. the Evil Dead and some of the nice. other shows available. So you can watch those on Stars now if you want to. Um, speaking of uh, things that are being released, um, 
early or for free or whatever the fuck. We got uh, uh, Bloodshot is racing to video on demand next week. So, yeah, the uh, Vin Diesel Bloodshot movie that was recently released in theaters. Now that coronavirus is out there, nobody's going to the fucking movies. Um, it's going to be released on March 24th for 1999. So you can watch it for 1999. Get a group of nine people. What is it? Ten people? You can't have ten people, but nine's fine. Right. So yeah, get nine other people. No, get eight other people, including yourself, making it nine. <laughs> and now you're not part of the problem. Get them together and you can watch Bloodshot together. Split the cost, watch Bloodshot. Bunch of fucking movies getting released early here. Uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, they've made it available on Amazon, Vudu, and iTunes. Uh, as of March 13th, uh, Frozen 2 launched on March 17th. It's gonna launch early on Disney Plus. Yeah, on the, on the 17th. I don't know. I haven't watched the first one. Sorry. I won't watch the second one either. March 20th, you can watch Onward on Amazon, Voodoo and iTunes. Invisible Man. That came out recently. Saw that one in the theaters. Loved it. I loved it. I loved the invisible. Fuck. I loved, I loved Bloodshot. I thought Bloodshot was a fucking blast. I fucking love it. Looks it looks great. It's fantastic, man. It's shit fuck ton of fun. I um, love what I've read of the Bloodshot comics too. I only read like the first few ep- uh, issues of the Jeff Lemire run. So I haven't read the older stuff. But, uh, you can rent Emma. Emma, that's the new, uh, what's her name? What's her name? Anya Taylor Joy from Thoroughbreds. She's she's also oh, magic and magic in the uh, New Mutants movie that's never going to come out. Her <laughs> <laughs> bit in that trailer looks fucking dope at the end. Yeah. Oh, she she looks awesome, man. I, I'm not going to lie. You can watch Betty Gilpin, Glenn Howerton, a bunch of other fucking people in the hunt. That's gonna that's gonna drop on uh, March twentieth on Amazon, Vudu and iTunes. Yeah, that's fucking. Uh, that was yesterday. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching that one. It's good. I, I almost rented it today, but yeah, didn't pull the trigger. Just bring over eighty of your friends. <laughs> Not nine. Not no eighty of your friends. That makes nine because you don't want to go to ten. <laughs> this really puts a damper on the new LLC that I wanted to to start up which was called uh, Groups of Ten or More which was the company I was, <laughs> I was starting a company and the name of the company was Groups of Ten or More which I think this puts it really dampers that that sucks uh, oh, you couldn't have rolled it out at a worse time horrible timing I've was i I've been thinking about this for months and I was like yeah I'm going to roll it out in March fuck it let's do it groupsoften-or-more.com. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. You're not going to be able to organize shit. You're not going to have any fucking toilet paper in your offices. I know. It's terrible. Uh, March 24th, like I said, Bloodshot comes out on uh, on VOD. The Way Back, Birds of Prey, and The Gentleman. March 31st, you can watch Sonic the Hedgehog, Bad Boys for Life. And then April 10th, Trolls World Tour. Trolls World Tour. <laughs> 
Uh, got news here from Dark Horizons. Uh, regular TV ratings soaring this week. Check this fucking out. Uh, with people following new social distancing guidelines and people spending more time at home in recent weeks, the typical regular linear TV ratings slump that normally accompanies the daylight savings switch last week wasn't there. In fact, broadcast networks have been posting across the board week to week live plus SD ratings increases to levels not seen in years. Levels that seem to think of the past in the modern age of streaming. Shows like NBC's The Voice leapt up 38% in ratings, while Ellen's Game of Games climbed 44%. Scripted fare like This Is Us, Bull, and Bob's Hearts, Bob Hart's Abishola have also posted season highs. Uh, additionally, mon- I sound drunk as fuck right now. I'm like listening. <laughs> I'm like listening to myself talk, and I'm like, oh my god, this slurring motherfucker! Jesus Christ, this guy can barely get out a sentence. Like it's, oh, it's like it's not like I'm. I don't know. It's it's I can't even. It, it's terrible. It's not like I'm. I, I guess I am trying to enunciate quite a bit, but on the flip side, you can totally tell I've been drinking. Uh, anyway, additionally, my, ah, fuck it. TV ratings are up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, coronavirus. Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. You guys can totally tell, right? Like, like, like the way I'm reading shit's fucked up, isn't it? Well, it also sounds like you just don't care. <laughs> you found the secret ingredient. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that's also a factor deal. <laughs> Here's something I do care about, though. This news is from Cinema Blend. I didn't read it on Cinema Blend first. I actually saw this on Twitter, but Cinema Blend uh, wrote about it. Cats, the movie. Neil, you saw Cats. Oh yeah. Cats allegedly added buttholes, then removed them, and now. <laughs> what? Oh, you haven't heard this? No. Listen, Cats allegedly added buttholes, then removed them, <laughs> and now fans want the butthole cut. <laughs> oh, it'll be a fly on the wall in that VR department. It <laughs> takes want us to do what now? <laughs> the article goes on to say it takes a special movie and a special what the fuck story about that movie to pry Twitter's collective eyes away from the spread of coronavirus. Last night, cats in the rumor of an alleged butthole cut. Did exactly that. Yes, I said butthole cut. And yes, the phrase release the butthole cut trended on Twitter last night. Here's why. We are living in a South Park episode. Yesterday, writer Ben Meckler tweeted that he wanted to, uh, he wanted a tell all book about cats available for everyone to read. To help us get through our current pandemic. As an unapologetic lover and also hater of cats, I, of course, agree. One of Meckler's followers quickly responded that he had a friend who was hired to do VFX on the movie during post-production. 
and his job was exclusively to remove buttholes that the production staff originally added and then changed their minds about. Just look at this glorious tweet. And this tweet comes from Ben Meckler, and it goes on to say... I desperately need a tell-all book about the making of cats. I It could really help me get through this. And then Jack Waz, at Jack Waz, J-A-C-K-W-A-Z. And he goes on to say, a VFX producer friend of a friend was hired in November to finish some of the 400 effects shots in the Cats movie. His entire job was to remove CGI buttholes that had been inserted <laughs> a few months. <laughs> His whole job was to remove CGI buttholes that had been inserted a few months before, which means that somewhere out there, there exists a butthole cut of cats. <laughs> no, the phrase butthole cut should horrify me. That's <laughs> so funny. Oh my god, this is the most amazing news ever. Not only, hold on, not only is there a rumored mythical butthole cut of cats, <laughs> but I also heard that there was a scene that they removed of a cat pissing. <laughs> this comes from Dark Horizons. So, like, there was an update. That's reputable. Yeah. <laughs> The saga is ta- picture the director giving that direction that day on the set. Oh my god! <laughs> You're not digging in the litter convincingly enough, Karen. <laughs> you really kick that back leg. <laughs> Damn it, Karen! <laughs> who is who is who is Karen? <laughs> She's just the actress that's pissing in the litter box oh. in the film. <laughs> I was thinking it might be that was that Rebel Wilson. <laughs> I should have went with Rebel. It would have hit. Me. Yeah. Now the saga has taken a turn into an even stranger direction. Meckler scored more information on Twitter. His source saying not only were there some shadows reduced around the cat's crotches to make them less noticeable, but there was one other key shot. Quote: There was a shot which had one of the cats peeing. Like, literally peeing. <laughs> Cat is facing towards the screen. You can see everything. That shot was client final. However, when I saw it in the theater, seemed like they took the pee, took off the pee effect. <laughs> so apparently, there's, uh, Meckler later updated the story, citing multiple sources saying the scene in question is the Old Gumby Cat song with Rebel Wilson's <laughs> Jenny Annie Dots and the moment is when she goes over the sink and stops a bit while facing the screen. That's when the peeing took place. <laughs> so she pissed in the sink? Yeah. <laughs> That's like some fucking frat guy behavior shit. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh my god. There needs to be a butthole, and Kevin Smith has said this before, so I'm not taking credit, (laughs) but there needs to be a butthole cut of Jurassic Park. Uh. None of those dinosaurs have buttholes in that fucking movie. We need a butthole cut of of, uh, Justice League. (laughs) 
Well, in Jurassic World, if if dinosaurs evolved into birds, birds have cloacas, so there'd be a cloaca cut. <laughs> oh my god, that is documentaries. <sighs> Joe, that is just. That is just, that is highbrow humor that is not meant for this audience. I don't save, care. I'm really proud of myself. Save that. No, save that shit for your start cast crowd. When it's a colossal cut. Let's move into. Um, let's let's move away from buttholes. I think that's hard with me on this episode. Let's, I don't know. Let's, let's try to distance ourselves from buttholes. Um, let's move in. <laughs> let's move into Marvel news. Um, Black Widow's being delayed. When is it being released? Who the fuck knows? We kind of talked about this earlier. I don't know. I'm, this summer movie season is going to suck if, a lot of these movies start like Wonder Woman 1984. Like, there's been no official announcement that it's getting moved. Um, but like, if Tenet gets a moved, I will lose my shit. Yeah. If it doesn't drop yeah. in July, mid July, if Nolan's Tenet gets moved, I, you have no idea. I'm gonna lose my fucking shit. Like, Fast and Furious Nine is already getting moved out a year. Um, yeah, that's if, fucking nuts. Fuck a year? Yeah, next April. And like, that's when Fast and Furious 10 was gonna be released. So it's taking, basically gonna take over that date. Of 10. I just hope Dune doesn't get moved. I don't oh, know. for real? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, 10 and Dune are both two of the, two of my most anticipated movies this year. Same fuck here. a year. Studios moving a movie out a year—that seems crazy. Well, they still want the the summer money, I think. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, summer starts now in April. You know, so yeah, like, you know, like um, Marvel movies have been known to do that—release them like like the last week of April. But yeah, it looks like Fast and Furious was wanting to. What was it? April fourth was when they were wanting to drop this thing. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. April 4th, 7th, I don't know. Fuck. Whatever that Thursday is. Have you heard the Spider-Man 3 rumor? You know, Sony Spider-Man. They did Homecoming, Far From Home, this third one coming out. There's... Is that the, the rumor that Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock's going to represent him in court? Yeah, this comes from Cinema Blend. New Spider-Man 3 rumor includes one of Netflix's uh, Marvel heroes. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has become a well-oiled machine over the past decade of filming, consistently entertaining and surprising the hardcore fandom. We're currently occupying the interim period between phases, and Black Widow's delay makes this wait even long, longer and more excruciating. One of the hotly anticipated projects coming down the pipeline is the third Spider-Man movie. And a new rumor indicates that it might bring a beloved Netflix Marvel hero onto the big screen for the first time prior to the inception of Disney+. Plus. Netflix produced five different shows set within the MCU. 
plus the MCU, <clears throat> plus the Defenders miniseries, excuse me. But the streaming service axed its entire slate of shows, with fans hoping that the same cast of actors might finally cross over to the film world. The latest rumor about Spider-Man 3 says just this, indicating that Daredevil star Charlie Cox might appear alongside his fellow New York superhero. This rumor comes to us from Kevin Smith, who recently opened up about the possibility, saying... I heard another piece of good fucking news. Did you hear that Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie, gonna have a lawyer in it? Charlie Cox, they're bringing in as Matt Murdock. That's been the rumor online, and they say that's like the one that like Marvel's like, God damn it, how did that get out? Jesus, Kevin, say like a few more times. Right. <laughs> like, like, like. Dude, I was thinking it was going to be fucking Jennifer Walter, She-Hulk. That oh, made more cool. sense. So I know that Disney can't use Charlie Cox as Daredevil in a series. Does that mean that they can use him in a movie? Uh, I didn't think they could touch the characters for two years. But is that TV rights versus movie rights because i know like marvel has complete access to all their or disney has complete access to all the marvel characters for like animated tv and stuff but they obviously couldn't use the mutants and whatnot for movies because of the fox deal Mm -hmm. um but so is this another similar situation where if they put the character into a movie they can like they 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 can use the same actor. I don't think that that's a workaround. I still think that they can't use any of these actors for two years. I but I don't know. That's I'm just that like if you're asking yeah. like my educated guess, like I don't think that this extends to like oh yeah it's okay for movie rights, and it's okay yeah. to you know extend this to Sony, who doesn't see. I was. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was looking at it as, you know, this is, you know, the same world we're living in where they were able to make a deal to get Spider-Man in the MCU. So, I mean, it seems feasible that they could work out some sort of deal to get Charlie Cox in the MCU if that's what they really wanted to do. Why? Why? When Kevin Feige was so kind of like against what Jeff Loeb was kind of doing there to begin with, like <laughs> to the point where it really – there was not he Kevin Feige never let any of those actors in on anything film related at all ever. Why would he start now? Why? That's the biggest rub with this rumor is is what is going on behind the scenes that could sway it that way. Um, I I think out of all of the Netflix characters, I think. That series probably spawned the most beloved ones. You're making with, it with canon. Charlie Cox's You're portrayal of of what's that? You're making it canon at that point, though. Why would Kevin Feige want to do that? Why would he want to give Jeff Loeb any kind of like validation at that point when it seems like he never wanted to I, do that before? Well, I, I, I'm not. Was it Jeff Loeb or was it Ike Perlmutter that he was having so much beef with? 
I, 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 okay. Let me th- both. I mean, I, I don't like Jeff Loeb is not in charge of Marvel television anymore. There's definitely something, there's a shift. It's Kevin Feige's in charge of all Marvel television, which is now on Disney plus. Like it's, right. it's gone from Hulu. It's gone from Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. I think, Mar- you know, Kevin Feige's in full control now. I, I, I think this rumor is 100% bullshit. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah I'm I, leaning I that too, more, more that direction too. Yeah, I, I'm a complete agreement. I think it's bullshit, but I just was as a thought sure. process. No, it's a great question because there are like, yeah, Marvel, Marvel actually at any time could have done an X-Men TV series, Neil. Mm-hmm. They could at like live action TV series. It could have happened. Yeah. Um. You and and people are gonna say, oh well, you know, Fox did it though, but they did it with Legion, and then there was like you know the Fox TV show. What was that show called? Um. Oh, I can't remember. It lasted a couple seasons and got canceled. Oh. uh I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what it was, though. Yeah, th- there was an X-Men. There was an X-Men. Gifted. It was called Gifted. Right. Oh, oh right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, just, that was a shitty show. So, well, <laughs> those shows, they had they had to get approval from Marvel. So, like, on right. a Legion, when you read, like, you know, like, if you see a Legion poster or if you... In at association the beginning, with Marvel. Exactly. It says in association with Marvel. They had to get approval from Marvel to use those characters on a TV show. So, yeah. Um, it's a great question, Neil. It really is. I, I, I think that part of that deal was... They couldn't, and I believe it was two years. I could be wrong, but I believe it was two years that they couldn't, two or three years, they couldn't use any of the actors or those, you know, the the actors that were involved with those characters couldn't reprise those characters, I think, for two years. And so I think that... that I think that hell that, with the coronavirus pushback, we're going to have a yeah. bunch of extra time. That's a good point. Like, oh, okay, this is almost a gift to Marvel. I don't know how I'm ex- how excited I am about seeing Peter Parker in court with any lawyer to be kind of honest. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair point right there that <laughs> Yeah, it's like like I I don't know. I don't care to see any more Senate meetings in Star Wars either. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh my god. Um I don't know. I could get in Vin Diesel was talking about Groot. I don't know, I could talk about that. <laughs> uh, do you guys care? I can move on. <laughs> <laughs> what was Vin Diesel saying about Groot? Vin Diesel's been talking a lot recently. This comes from Dark Horizons. He said he was doing interviews for Bloodshot and he talked about, um, running into Steven Spielberg, who he worked with on Saving Private Ryan. And I guess Vin Diesel back in like the late nineties, like directed a movie. <clears throat> and he said, um, I saw him, Steven Spielberg recently, and he said to me, 
when I wrote the role for you in Saving Private Ryan, I was obviously employing the actor, but I also was secretly championing the director in you, and you have not directed enough. That is a crime of cinema, and you must get back in the directing chair. So, like, he was talking about how Steven Spielberg, one of the greatest, you know, directors of all time, was telling him that he needs to get back in there and start directing, and Vin Diesel then talked about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and he says he doesn't really know what's going on with the film at the moment, but claims Alpha Groot was going to be introduced in the film, essentially a new version of the character following the original Groot of the first film, Baby Groot of the second, and Teenage Groot in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, director James Gunn, who wrote the script, responded to a question about that on Twitter saying he's not sure what Diesel is talking about. (laughs) 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 Quote. I mean, he goes, here's this quote. Here's this quote. Here's this quote. Here's director James Gunn's quote. Ha ha. No idea. Maybe he just means the most awesome Groot ever before later adding. I think he was talking about what he imagined the future Groot to be. He hasn't read the script. And yes, they're a different being. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's like, I, I know these two are fucking friends, dude. I've seen them fucking do Facebook videos together, hanging out and talking, doing, you know, like, you know, uh, answering questions on Facebook. I know they're fucking friends. I know they fucking hang out, but it sounds like, Vin Diesel's taking a little bit of a liberty here and just saying some shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious that James Gunn responded, though. uh, I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) What? Dude, 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 I don't give a fuck. Watch Bloodshot. I don't care. I I plan to. Watch Bloodshot. Neil, it's a Neil Joe. It's a throwback to those fucking '90s action movies that are just fun. They're just fun. Yeah, I'm down. I'm totally down for that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that was a weird era in movies, and I miss it weirdly. Yeah. Like, oh God, yes. There was just so much bonkers shit because it was transitioning from the uh the 80s action over the top stuff into more gr- like gritty realism yeah so it was like caught in this limbo of of both worlds and there were some really magical movies that came out of that era yeah like great popcorn movies yeah 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 for sure i don't have a lot of dc news this week um i heard that and i don't know if it's true i haven't looked it up but i heard that wonder woman the first Wonder Woman movie, you can rent it on video on demand for 84 cents right now <laughs> because of That's Wonder, funny. you know, Wonder Woman 1984. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, and, um, there was the rumor that, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to go straight to video on demand. And that is not happening. IndieWire spoke with a representative of Warner Brothers and Wonder Woman 1984 is getting a full theatrical release, so it is not going straight to video on demand. Yeah. According to a rep at Warner Brothers that responded Screen to Screen Rant said the same thing. Yeah. So, um, news from Dark Horizons. 
stunt coordinator talks the Snyder Cut. Guys, Snyder Cut not going away. Does the Snyder Cut of Justice League truly exist? Um, a few now claim to have seen Zack Snyder's original version of the film in some four, although it's likely incomplete. Um, I'm going to veer away from the article here real quick and just give some of my thoughts on this. Jason Momoa claims to have seen it. I've reported this before. Jason Momoa claims to have like watched the Snyder cut with Zack Snyder. He says it exists. So, wow, but is he just talking shit? I mean, I think that's entirely plausible. I think there is a cut, but like, I do believe this article that it's likely incomplete. I think that uh, some of the CGI facts are probably not finished. Yeah, that makes sense. So not much different from the actual movie we got. Uh, no, the actual movie that we got was just like a Frankenstein of a fucking film. It was like you took, you know, Zack Snyder's vision and then you threw in Joss Whedon in there as well. And it was just a Frankenstein of a movie that didn't work. <laughs> like every once in a while you get a Frankenstein of a movie that works. Like I did, I was not a huge fan of World War Z. But that was a Frankenstein of a movie if I ever fucking saw one, and it made a shit fuck ton of money. And it did well. Like, it almost got a sequel. I think they've axed the sequel. It was gonna happen, but I think it's been recently axed the last time I've heard anything about World War Z. Every once in a while, a Frankenstein movie works. Rogue One! Which is an odd Frankenstein movie. But like, you know, like, it was a Frankenstein of a movie. Like, you know, the original director, they quietly, like, asked him to leave and then had the writer come in there and direct and finish, you know, the the last, you know, parts of that movie. And a lot of the scenes that we saw in the original trailer didn't make it to the final movie. Why? <laughs> well, yeah, well, because, uh, you know, they fired that uh, they fired that director very quietly. Um, so. Fucking Justice League, that final cut that we got, that theatrical cut that we got, they Frankenstein that thing and it just, mm. the tones were all over the place. Like, just terrible, terrible fucking movie. But, and the CGI itself was awful. Yeah, yeah, not, not, not really good. Um, the film stunt coordinator, Eunice Huthart, who, was doing some interviews for the home video release of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, uh, spoke with Screen Rant and offered more details. First up, she revealed that had the coronavirus pandemic not slowed Hollywood to a standstill, her next project was meant to be the long in the works, the Flash film. She says she was supposed to start working on that about the end of April, beginning of May, but adds that she's not sure what's happening now with that. So that movie is still happening? Oh, yeah. It's still happening. It was still happening? It's still happening, but who knows now what's going to happen with that because of coronavirus. Uh, She also shared some details about the fabled cut of Snyder's Justice League, confirming that as far as she knows, it absolutely exists. Quote, there's a few questions about that, and I'm sure that I'm okay to say I officially know people who've seen the Snyder cut – and said it's absolutely amazing, and I do believe 
that that's the movie we were making. Zack Snyder's version of the film. You know, with the heartache of what happened with his daughter, we pulled out and did the reshoots of it. So the movie took a slightly different turn. Hathard also confirmed she has plans to watch the Snyder Cut somewhere down the line. Quote, I watched the cinema release of the film and I texted Zach to say, what's this? I'm hearing about the Snyder Cut. I need to see it. And he did promise me next time I'm in L.A. that I'll go watch it. So I will at some point definitely go and watch the Snyder Cut. And I've spoken to people who actually said it's brilliant. They said it's absolutely golden. Whether any of the public will eventually get to see it in any sort or form, a form remains unclear. Yeah, I'm, dude, I know, I fucking know for a fact Jason Momoa has come out and said, I've seen the Snyder Cut. Cavill hasn't. Cavill hasn't, Cavill hasn't seen it as far as I know. Cavill didn't, yeah, there's like, when they were, when like the hashtag release the Snyder Cut got real popular on Twitter, like when Reddit like said like on this day we're gonna fucking blow it up we're gonna blow up the Twitterverse and fucking hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Gal Gadot, she sent out a tweet. Momoa of course sent out a tweet. Even Ben Affleck sent out a fucking tweet. The only actor that didn't send out a tweet and that didn't support the Snyder. Not saying I'm not maybe supports the wrong word. The only actor that didn't acknowledge that there was a Snyder cut and didn't use the hashtag was Henry Cavill. But- he seems like to me as someone who doesn't really use social media. Oh, he does. Oh, does he? you are wrong. Yes, he was the <laughs> spokesperson for Warner Brothers when uh, they weren't getting any movies off the ground after Man of Steel came out. He was basically <laughs> kind of like their litmus test for the audience. What what happened is like after Man of Steel uh, released, um, he was basically like the face of Warner Brothers and their DCEU going forward. They really had nobody else. So they would basically, it felt like they were using Henry Cavill to like throw out like rumors and things like that out there on Uh Twitter and on Instagram. And then they would wait to see how like fans were reacting to like what he would say and on social media. Now remember like when there was the rumor that he was not going to be Superman anymore and he posted a video on Instagram of this that, that there was music playing and he was holding up that Superman doll oh yeah 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 like he's very active on 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 Twitter and uh, he's very cryptic as well but uh <laughs> they they've used I think Warner Brothers used him quite a bit to kind of like get fan reaction about like some of this I guess okay. where they should you know the direction that they should take the the, the DCEU and um but um i think that he hasn't reacted to the Snyder cut because he's still trying to stay on a superman i think he still wants to keep his job there mm. jason momoa can say whatever the fuck he wants to his movie made a shit fuck ton of money yeah he's yeah. fine he's fine he's yeah <laughs> gal, gal gadot can do the same but i think yeah. like he's I think they're still figuring out what they're going to do with Henry Cavill and, and they're still figuring out what they're going to do with Superman going forward. And maybe he feels like his head's on the chopping block. 
You know, like, I think he's had some successes with Mission Impossible 7. I think people really liked his performance in that movie. He was a fantastic... Yeah, he was a great villain in that movie. And then I think, like, even The Witcher has done a lot of good for his career. Not everybody loved The Witcher, but on the flip side, I thought it was very entertaining. And I thought Henry Cavill did a great job. So He's the best at saying, "Mm, Yeah. 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 So let's, dude, I don't know. Does he, is he, is he gonna be Superman going fucking forward? I have no idea. I don't know. They've, they've, they've tried, like, it feels like they've tried nothing but tried everything. Like, even with, like, with Brandon Routh, they tried to, like, resurrect, like, the, the, yeah, the the, yeah, they tried the to Reeve, resurrect yeah. the spirit of Christopher Reeve, and like they've tried that, and like now they're trying something new, and it's like, okay, but think about this. Think about this. By the time they get a new Superman, if they let's say they started a new Superman as early as 2022, a new Superman sequel, and that comes out, and we get it in 2023. That's a decade after the first fucking Man of Steel movie. Jesus. Yeah, at that point, you know, I mean, he did a great job in the character, but at that point, wouldn't it make more sense to just bring in a newer, younger actor, especially if they're going that direction with Batman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a great Batman point. Batman period piece? Batman is like... Doesn't it take place in the 90s? Yeah. Do we know that for certain? No, no, I don't know that for certain. We don't know. Yeah. Like... Like I've heard the same thing, Neil. Like, yeah, it takes place in the nineties. It's a young. It's definitely a younger Batman than the Affleck mm-hmm. Batman. But does it play take place in the nineties? I don't know. Is it a standalone story from the DCEU? I don't. I would venture to say yes. I would venture to say that most of these movies coming out going forward are going to be separate. Yeah, they feel like they are separate, but they have a common thread of. A universe. Yeah, even Birds of Prey acknowledged the events of what happened in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the smart way for them to do it moving forward. Like, have them very loosely connected. Yeah. Like, not yeah. anything heavy in, until they've earned it. Yeah. You know, because that was, that was where they fucked up before. They just rushed yeah. into it. And also, I think they had writers working on them that either didn't fully understand the characters or they just had way too many fucking cooks in the kitchen. How could you... I think that latter is the the case there. How could you connect Pattinson Batman to any Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn movie going forward and have it be cohesive? You you, You can't. You can't, really. I mean, it... Well, yeah, it all depends on how it's set and and yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe there isn't a way forward. I, honestly, artistically, I think that, that Matt Reeves stuff should just be separate from everything. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Go back to like the Burton style Batman movies where it's just Batman. I know, but then it's like, then they're thinking of like, uh, you know, but see, Batman's got such a fantastic rogues gallery. Yeah, they can make a shit ton of movies. Yeah. Good movies based on his rogues gallery alone. They don't need the rest of the DCU for, for Batman. And, and Gotham is such an amazing fucking, you know, uh, city. You know, yeah. that they could, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, they, they, they fucked up. They fucked up. Mm-hmm. So. And I think they recognize that they fucked up and now they're 
trying a different tact, which is smart. It's working. And, it is working. I, I mean, yeah. Birds of Prey didn't, you know, do gangbusters in the theater, but I, I'll, I'll stand by it's my fucking, fucking rating. Movie. Yeah, it's a great fucking movie, in my opinion. I'll stand by my fucking mm-hmm. rating. So yeah, I tumble the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was great too. You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the fuck happens going with the DCU. I like, you know, I'm looking forward to Shazam too. I thought, you know, Zachary Levi was mm-hmm. fantastic in that. I, I don't know. I, that movie really surprised me. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. It was fun. And I've still really enjoyed it on subsequent rewatches. Yeah. I think I've watched it four or five times now. Oh, man. That scene where they're in the fucking boardroom in that fucking high rise. When, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't epic. expect it to go that dark. Oh, it's very. Well, you've got a yeah. director. You got a director that comes from a, uh, a horror background, Joe. It showed in that scene. It definitely sure. did. It definitely did. And I thought, like, like, yeah, you've got a movie. Of course, you know, you're, you're going to compare it to, like, you know, Tom Hanks big and, and meets, like, you know, superhero genre. But on the flip side, it can go, uh, you know, the at the drop of a hat, it can go to, like, that like that horror element. And, yeah, it really did. It really did. It worked for me, too. worked for me as well. Um, Star Wars news. Slash Film reported that uh, the Mandalorian Season 2 cast Rosario Dawson is Ahsoka Tano. Woo! Oh, my gosh. This That's been, so exciting. It's been fan casting. Yes, there are fans, though, that are very upset that Ashley Eckstein is not going to be, you know, she's the voice of Ahsoka Tano. They're very upset that she's not going to be live action Ahsoka Tano. Guys, you can keep it separate. You can still be happy. Yeah. You can, I mean, and Rosario I agree. Dawson has been campaigning on like Twitter and whatnot to play a Sokotano. She looks like a Sokotano. Like, yeah, like, I mean, she, she's perfect. She is perfect. Uh, yeah. It's fucking Rosario Dawson. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy shit. You know, it's right. like, yeah, I mean, Ashley Epstein did awesome voicing her. And I, I, I mean, like I said earlier, I love a Sokotano in, in, in the clone wars, but man, Rosario Dawson, that's the perfect casting for this. It's I mean, a, yeah, it's perfect. So, it's an older and then the Ahsoka fucking Tano. Mandalorian too. I mean, yeah. I I didn't think they could have told me something that would have me more stoked for the second season of the Mandalorian. Right? Well, here's the, <laughs> here's the thing in 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 one of the Disney like um, you know investor uh, investor calls that they have those investor meetings, those phone calls that they have. Um, Bob Iger was talking about how, you know, some of the characters in, in, in some of these series, you know, they might, they might get their own movies. There might be movies or they might get like their own spinoff series. So a lot of people are thinking, could we see an Ahsoka Tano series on Disney Plus. It's highly likely at this point now that you've got yeah. Rosario Dawson. I would lose my shit. I would be so excited. Yeah, yeah. This could definitely happen. This could definitely happen now. Live act guys Dude, we're gonna see Rosario Dawson with two fucking <laughs> lightsabers in her hands oh. fighting probably against the fucking dark saber. Like yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That, like I just lost feeling in my feet. That dark saber. Fucking blood rush somewhere else. That live action dark saber looked incredible. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. Especially with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, yes. Oh. He's so god. 
He's sort of, if you don't, if you don't have an Epic subscription, find a way, oh my god, get one and just binge the fuck out of Godfather of Harlem. He is so okay. good in that, ser- in that series. Yeah, he was great in Breaking Bad. He's been great in everything I've fucking seen him in. He was also in Revolution. Revolution, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I think I watched, when that goes, didn't that go two seasons? I watched most of it. Yeah, I did too. Says, uh, I thought it was a great premise. I yeah. hated the lead woman. Um, I thought she was a terrible actress. Oh, the was it the blonde lady? The, not 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 the lady from Lost, um, but the the girl, the younger girl, her daughter. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the show where the lights went out. Yeah, yeah. No. It was a great premise. It just it just it fell super flat for me. Yeah, yeah, it was a great premise, and it fucking fell flat for me too. I think I dropped <laughs> off it somewhere mid season two. I was just like, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah, I think I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So Katano, fucking Rosario Dawson. This has been fan casting for a long time. She's been campaigning yeah. for it, and it happened. So it sounds like it's happening. This is the rumor from Slash Film, and they're pretty reputable. So, and Screen Rant confirmed it too. Did they? And they just updated their uh, their original article saying that yes, it's actually happening. But she's only going to be like a guest star, not like a series regular. It'll happen. She'll. We're gonna. We're gonna see more because you know, if, yeah. if dude, if fans react the way that we think they're gonna react, they're not going to be able to keep a lid on this. They're gonna be able. No. They're just gonna let her go wild with this character. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. With this coronavirus going on, like, what happens with this Cassian Andor series? Is the Obi-Wan series put on hold? Uh, I mean, it's gotta be postponed at least. But didn't they, didn't they film a bunch of the Obi-Wan stuff already? I don't think so, dude. Oh. Mandalorian season two rap filming. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I rap filming maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah. Shit. Ooh, just squeezed it in. I know, right? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> good deal. <laughs> well, they can't, I don't know if they, like, I don't know what they can do on post-production now, but at least it wrap filming. So, yeah. Well, post-production, you know, you need less than 10 people generally. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, they can, like, can like, work remotely. They can work remotely. Yeah. Yeah, my cousin is, uh, she, she's in LA. She's a camera operator. She's super scared because all of her draw, all of her jobs are gone now. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And think about all the people that move from like movie to movie to movie yeah. that like aren't like, you know, you know what I mean? Like they're just journeymen in Hollywood that just like work. And I've known some people like this. Like, you know, like I knew a guy that actually got a start. Um, driving Steven Soderbergh around. He was like Steven Soderbergh's driver. And then, you know, from there, like, you know, Steven Soderbergh hired him, um, you know, to work uh, on other movies. And he would just go from film to film to film. And it's not like, you know, like they're not regular employees of a studio. They just kind of like are journeymen that like, you know, Mm -hmm. follow different either different, you know, teams around or whatever like that. And so it's like now that like they're out of work, like they have they have no income coming in. 
Yeah. No health the gig, insurance. The gig worker economy is is really struggling right now. Yeah. Well, and it's scary too because there's no time yeah. limit on it. Everything's so up in the air right now. Yeah. I I I I'm just I'm blown I can't believe that this is even happening. Like there's going to be like I can't like my like I can't go to work on Monday. Like I have a part-time job that I go to that I just work like uh you know a few hours a week, but part of that job was like I was tutoring drug rehab patients and I can't tutor anymore. Mm-hmm. They let me, I open the gym for them and I'm basically, I'm just opening a gym and like watching, you know, you know, people play basketball or handball or, you know, we use exercise equipment. I'm, I'm literally just, you know, going, I'm just monitoring people and I can do that. I found out that I can do that. I can still do that. I just have to, because they feel like that's essential for like, um, mental mm-hmm. recovery and the health of the, the patients. But, yeah. um, which I think is great. So I'm glad that I get to do that because like they, they, every time that I'm there and I do it, they thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Because like I'm, I'm an employee and I, I don't have to do it. I just do it so they can get out and they can they can work out and they can yeah they can experience yeah. something other yeah. than the depression and or whatever they're feeling about right. well, getting off of drugs or whatever yeah. I mean yeah. the people that are there for recovery you know and it's like it's sad like I've kind of like the people that are there for recovery like they'll go to the gym they'll utilize it mm-hmm. the people that aren't there for recovery like they're off doing other stuff. Who knows? Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. I can't really. I can't. I can't use names. You get into per, like right. You can't story. elaborate. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> but but it's like you know like. But here's the thing. Like I I found out that in order to to do my shift, I have to have my temperature taken before I start the, my shift. And then once my mm-hmm. shift's over, I have to have my temperature taken one more time to make sure that I'm not mm-hmm. sick. Like that's that's where we're at right now. So. And you know what? Wow. As annoying as that is, it's smart as fuck. It is. It is. And I, it's it doesn't. It's not like I go in there like, oh, you take my temperature. <laughs> fuck you. You know, like <laughs> No, it's it's good to know that I'm healthy. You know, going in there. So, well, know. especially because you're dealing with. You know, normies. Yeah, it's, it's you need to make everybody safe, right? Yeah, but oh, hopefully, God damn it! I hopefully this shit will be over soon and everything will be back to normal. Because yeah. like, I didn't realize how much that I would miss like certain things. Um, gyms are closed here, and I've been like, that's one of the things that I've been you know integrating into my like regular routine over the past few months is going to the gym. And the gyms are now closed. So, um, my sister does have like a gym in her garage. So that's where I will be spending <laughs> my time, uh, to work out. 
is her garage. But some people don't have that luxury. And I think like, you know, that's also, I think, I think exercise is essential for like mental health. For everybody, yeah. not not just people that are yeah. like in fucking rehab, but just for everybody, just being able to. And I know, like you can, like you're on lockdown. I think you can go out and you can go on walks and stuff like that. Yeah, you can totally go out. You yeah, know, you're not. It's it's not like a, a curfew. Yeah, it's it, it's you just can't congregate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not. Yeah, it's like because like back in you know like I used to just like meet up with like twenty people or more, and we would just touch each other's faces. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like, dude, what you doing? What you doing Friday? Oh, we're going to the place. We're touching the faces. We're doing that, you we're know. Gonna lick each other. It's yeah, gonna we're gonna fun. lick each other and all that other shit. <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't know. I everybody in the leftover army. I want you to stay safe. I want you to stay healthy. Um, and use each other. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Utilize each other. Like, uh, you can join the PCL Discord, join the Leftover Army Facebook group. Um, I might be doing this, uh, Netflix party thing. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Might happen. Might happen. Might, if, if, if it does happen, it'll be Wednesday at 7 o'clock Central. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'll see. I'll, <laughs> I'll throw some links out there on Twitter. Maybe on the Discord. I'll send one to Rebecca, yeah. maybe to throw up on fucking Facebook. Facebook. I think the three movies that I'm thinking about watching are uh, Contagion, Pandemic, and Outbreak. That would be the three movies that we watch. <laughs> I watched Outbreak last week. Oh, that movie's so good. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of those in years. Yeah, yeah same I, here. I was in Ferndale. Um, which is where they filmed the small town scenes uh-huh. while they were filming it in the early nineties. And I remember being super confused. I was very young, you know, like seven or eight or something. And I remember being, being very confused by all the people in hazmat suits and the, the big tents that they had set up there that were trying to go have lunch somewhere. And it was like, what the, what is happening here? <laughs> Um, I remember like the first movie I ever saw being filmed years ago is uh is it, is it Tim Daly who is in Wings? Oh, Tim or Ted? I can't remember his first name. Tim Daly, Ted I Daly. Tim. I think yeah. it's Tim Daly. He was filming a movie in Oklahoma, and I was there at the time. And it was uh, he was playing David Koresh. It was that first David Koresh. TV movie. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. And one. I saw him in full David Koresh garb <laughs> with the hair and the, and everything, and I was just like, oh yeah, the guy from Wings, kind of neat, <laughs> kind of blown away. I was like fourteen or fifteen at the time, and I was just like, oh shit, that's cool. That's all I got this week, guys. That's it. I, you know what? Just be happy. You got a fucking episode. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> I was happy to talk to fucking Neil and Joe, two of the best people I've ever fucking met in my whole life. So thank you guys for joining me on this episode. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Joe. Yeah, man. So good to talk to both of you guys. I fucking love having you on, Neil, you son of a bitch. (laughs) You're good people, man. Uh, Joe, people can find you on number one comic books. That's right. What do we do? What do we do there? 
Hey, you know, we talk number one comic books. It's a very clever name for the show. <laughs> we get, no, there's four of us on the show. We each pick a new number one and we all read each other's books and then we, we all discuss them. And um, we let you know if it's worth going out and pursuing this because if you uh, step into a comic shop and it's not your, uh, you know, kind of normal thing, it's easy to get overwhelmed when yeah. you walk in. And so we we're helping readers out with that with new books and uh, taking the dive for you. And we're brutally honest. And if if a book doesn't click with us. Um, we we let you know, <laughs> but you know, never in like a, a mean way. We got a lot of respect for the industry and the people who work in it. And um, it's it's been mean sometimes, Joe. Come on, let's be. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. Sometimes I mean, it's never. Well, you know, we're not out putting sugar in people's gas tanks and shit. But <laughs> I know. We have I, a good time. We have a good time making each other laugh on that show. Dude, it's hard. Sometimes at the I, expense of bad material. <laughs> some of the best people are in the comic book industry and I feel like I have I have I have destroyed I, I think we all have destroyed some comic books and but it's 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 I think and it has nothing to do with the creators it's just us being brutally honest and wanting to save people from spending four or five books on a comic book that maybe is not going to work out for them so yeah Yep. <laughs> and uh, like I was saying earlier, got some, some more uh, start casts lined up. So I'll be getting those out. And that's just a long form conversation we talk about uh, pretty much whatever comes up. There you go. Whatever comes up. Whatever comes up. If, you know, penises come up. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> It's a terrible <laughs> joke. Like I, 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 I'm at the end here, and I'm done, and I'm done. I'm done. When I'm saying shit like that, it's time to go to bed. It's, it's over. It's, I think the I think the show's jumped the shark. I think I think the show has jumped the shark. The jump, <laughs> the jump star. The the show's jumped the shark. Um. <laughs> I know, Neil. <laughs> I know. Oh, shit. I know. All right, guys. You know what? We'll see you next week. Jake will be back next week. He better be back. He promised me he'd be back next week. He <laughs> He's on the front me. lines, man. With, I know. I know. He's work, yeah. He works at a grocery store. So, yeah. 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 Um, you know. Send uh, send good vibes Jake's way. Send him some good thoughts, yeah. everybody. He needs it right now. I know he's been working a fucking lot, and you know it's not easy. It's so. a crazy world in the grocery store right now. He would much rather be fucking bullshit with us on this fucking show. But I told him, I said, dude, you take off as much time as you need to because I know they're overworking you right now, and I said, and then, but I said on the flip side, I know you need to be with Michelle. She needs her time, and I know you yeah. need to be with Maui, your cat, who's not feeling well. Yeah. You, you take as much time off as you need, and and he said, no, I, I think I think I'll be back next week, Jake. So yeah, hopefully Jake will be back next week because uh, God damn it, you hand the show over to me, and it's just me, and this is this is the kind of bullshit you get. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't think the news helped either. You know, the news this week was bullshit. You know what I mean? Everything, yeah. Everybody's worried about uh, this coronavirus. And so, like, everything's on hold, too. It's like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? I'm fucking, I'm fucking, yeah, God damn it. I'm fucking. Yeah, everything is up in the air. You yeah. Know? We, no, there's no concrete news of anything. It's just not like, this is possibly going to happen. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah, Wonder Woman. <laughs> exactly. Wonder Woman 1984 may come out in June, or you might be dead tomorrow. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you next week. Just like all good leftovers, saying the doggy bags. Thank you for your page. <laughs> I just made a joke about possible death. Just like all good leftovers say, this is no, that's not the thing to be saying in this time. Guys, we're gonna persevere. We're gonna make it. We're all gonna be alright. It's all gonna, it's all good. Or we're gonna die. I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I might be dead tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week see ya thanks for listening to pop culture leftovers congratulations I don't know how you did it I couldn't do it you people need a t-shirt saying I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap anyway if you'd like to reach the pop culture leftovers cast you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com you can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a Womp Rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Hey, erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.
Leftovers.